in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome everybody, it's Thursday, June 8th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you once again from the remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Find out how you can get your MBA in just 12 months from the University of Louisville College of Business by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today here from 3.37 until 6 on 14.50 a.m., 96.1 FM, streaming all over the globe. You know us better as the big act. It's Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on a Thursday. Congrats. To the Louisville Bats, winners of what three straight now? I believe uh, seven games above 500 for the first time since 2016. The Bats have it rolling. They'll go for yet another victory tomorrow. Um, happy to hear Nick Curran driving in. I actually forgot that we had the Bats cutting into us, so I'm scrambling to get out of here. We had a hectic day at the house. Like my my poor niece got a little kind of gashed her head open. So like we're 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 taking care of her. We're trying to figure, you know, get get my sister-in-law on the phone, get her over there to pick her up. We're we're running out there. I'm like, I you know, I forgot about the new 64 West being closed. It takes me like a half hour to get over here now. I've got to leave as soon as I can. And I get in and I've been driving for like 10 minutes and I flip over to the big X and I hear the calm and soothing voice of Nick Curran. And it's just the bottom of the eighth. And I was like, oh yeah, got a little time. Stopped at the gas station, got a water, got a snack. Cruised in here, spent some time in the parking lot, and now we're ready to go. They now, scored a little light to extend it for you. I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. I turned it on, and uh, who, they're playing Columbus. They are. Columbus scored a couple of runs in the eighth when I was listening, and the Bats got a three-run home run yep. in, in the ninth. So it was it was nice to hear a little Bats baseball on the way, and it felt good. Uh, but it is we're on the air now. We're here until 6. We want to hear from you, of course, on the Thornton Sacks line. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. Text us whatever's on your mind. Thoughts? Jokes? Comments? Quips, advice. criticisms, advice, topic ideas, whatever you've got, text them into the text line at 502-414-1450. And always uh, you know, visit your, your area Thornton's locations. Download the Fresh Rewards app, save yourself some money at the pump, get some uh, affordable gas, then go inside and buy some tasty treats with that uh, app, and then hit us up at 502-414-1450. Trevor Kelsey here, rocking on a Thursday. TK, how was the Wednesday? How's the Thursday, the Thursday been? You got in here a little bit of extra time today, Scoots. Yep, I remember was dying for you to get here. Flew out right as you entered the building. Uh, uh, clearly, he, he said he, he wanted he wanted to try to get some golf in because apparently, you know, oh, I don't blame him for that. Playing golf six days a week, I guess he needed that seventh. If you can, man, 
Yeah. I'm not even mad at people who do it. And Scoots, was, Scoots was just dressed in like the pure like Southern Indiana outfit, too, if you saw him. I did. It was yeah, really- I mean, he just looked like something you'd see on a postcard for New Albany. I did like a double take, and I was like, is that is that Justin? He's got he the, the sleeveless uh, camouflage shirt Cut on. off NASCAR shirt. Yeah, Shorts yeah. that are a little too long for someone his yeah. age to be wearing. Had I, the hat on backwards. Hat on backwards. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. Sunglasses on. He was looking good. He was ready to just, yeah, I mean. He was gonna. He could have walked down the street and just played with those kids in the pool back then. <laughs> they were screaming when I when I drove in. He would have fit right in. in. Yeah, he would have had a good time. Oh, they were in the pool. Usually, they're on the trampoline back there. I, they may have been. I don't know. They, they were having a good. time. They were screaming when I walked it's in. It's a pool. It's a pool slash trampoline combo. <laughs> I did take the longer route when I drove into. I wanted to check in on the, you know, my favorite house here in the the Jeffersonville area as we pull in. The house that had the gigantic. F. Joe Biden flag with all the yeah. Halloween and Christmas decorations underneath it. There's like kids playing underneath this giant. That, again, it didn't say F. Joe Biden. It has the actual word. Yeah. F-U. It didn't even do like the let's go Brandon. It subtlety. spelled it out. It was yeah. with the American flag on the other side. They have changed it now. Oh, okay. They have That's a, good. I believe it's a Second Amendment flag flying on one side of their, their flagpole and just the standard American flag on the other. So a little, uh, you know, a little less direct, a little more subtle these days, but still. You know, letting their feelings be known. That's uh, I always like seeing what it's up to. I just love the day I came in. I was like, are they going to have Christmas decorations underneath the the bleep Joe Biden Biden flag? And sure enough, they did. Um, what would be more 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 make what would scare away the criminal more? A Second Amendment flag or like one of those our house is protected by so and so security? I don't even know. I mean, if you're flo- fighting a giant Second Amendment flag, I'd probably not want to break into your house. You know, maybe that's why they do it's it. Probably, it's probably cheaper than getting a security system. Maybe they're di- actually diehard Biden f- fans. They just don't want you know home intruders to get in there. <laughs> maybe, maybe they think the Second Amendment is the uh, bleep Joe Biden Amendment. Maybe. Speaking of, yesterday I told the story about how I was worried that I'd been victimized by a porch pirate for wow, the first time. I was time. about to literally ask you that, too. Yeah, and it got solved. Like, 8, eight o'clock, <laughs> actually all kind of ties together here. I was upstairs getting ready to take a shower because after walking the kids, Mary was like, I can't, I'm sorry, she's like, I I'm getting ready. To, we're all getting ready to do dinner, and she's like, "I can't take that smell from when you go to the radio station." She's like, "I need you to go ahead and take a shower now." Uh, so I got sent up to take a shower because I reeked of the the OG studio stench. So I'm upstairs and I hear the doorbell ring. Sure, that was her excuse for wanting to get rid of you. I don't think that's no. <laughs> trust me. She could have used the help. It, it's it's getting kids dinner time. It had to be. It has to be drastic for her not to not to want my help with dinner time. Uh, but so I get sent upstairs. And I hear the doorbell ring, and I, I can tell it's like somebody who's like, hey, I've got this, blah, blah, blah. And the package, thankfully, no no robbery, no theft. It had just been sent like five streets over to the wrong place. The guy brought it over. Was so it wasn't your house in a picture. It wasn't. And like the, the, <laughs> it looks exact. And again, it's, I couldn't tell for sure because the picture's terrible. It's all Everything's like all swirling and stuff. But they had to have had the same type of plant right in front of their steps and the same type of steps. It, it was, yeah, it, it's very odd that that wound up being yeah, not the house. But uh, well, that doesn't surprise me because I remember I said yesterday, like almost all those houses look alike, whether they I, do from the, from the inside and outside, really. So, yeah, a lot of them are similar, but just to have that plant there was kind of a, a weird coincidence. But props to the guy, I brought it over. I didn't get a chance to actually see him because I was upstairs. But thank you for being a, a good Samaritan, bringing the package over. Do you think he tried on the pants first? No, he didn't. It wasn't open, it was a big package. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I bet it was. It was. <laughs> Multiple pairs of pants. Large package, small pants. <laughs> Large package, small pants, small shorts. No question about that. Were they skinny jeans? Uh, no, just, these are just just pants. Leggings? No, not leggings. 
Although I do wear the compression stockings a lot now. Is that, that's like so- is that what leggings for socks are? Kind of. It's like okay. for the, the, the blood flow, yeah. Um, which I I feel I, I do not wear those out in public. I'm like I, only in the house. I can't I can't handle the eyes. I'll wear the compression socks out in public. I'm fine with that. But the compression stockings it's a bridge too far. Oh no, you should. I would wear it out. Come on, man. I can't do it. No. I, I well, can't what's the? It. I mean, what, what do you what do you worry about? People think. Come on. To that end, yes, for sure, <laughs> absolutely. I can admit that. I mean, you're married, you got kids. It's not like you're trying to impress anybody, anyway. Still, I, I don't need people <laughs> taking pictures. And like, Kent Spencer out there taking pictures of me in public and posting it on Twitter. Like every time, I see, Kent never introduces himself. He just always like takes like he's like, "Hey, I saw you." He's like, "Cool bald spot" or something. Like takes a picture of me and puts it on Twitter. How much does he follow you around often? It's happened like three or four times <laughs> at this point. It's- I thought I saw someone behind driving behind you the other day. We live in the same area. He's a he's a sniper out there. I mean, you never know when he's going to strike. So, uh, but how was the? I saw last night. I, now I'm curious to get your thoughts. I'm curious what happened. I'm a little bit nervous to ask, but I did see that Orange Cassidy was trending. I know you've been predicting that he's going to lose his yeah. title for a while. The fact that I saw him trending, I was like, ooh, either he defended it or he's going out or something bad happened. He I did defend it. He had a big match against uh, Swerve Strickland, which I did think Swerve was going to get the victory. Thought it was time to take the belt, move it over to Swerve, give him a little push. Uh, but they did uh, again in, in the typical last, like he has the last month or so. He, he came up with a uh, quick roll up and pin. He had to pull the tights to get it. That's my guy. He had to, he had, he had to bend the rule a little bit. He does what he needs to do. But uh, then then they started beating him up and Sting and Darby Allen came in and helped him. So it looks like they're setting up maybe a little six man thing with with those three and uh, Swerve and Brian Cage and. And uh, other members of that that group that they're in, which I think was called the Embassy, I believe. I don't think Swerve needs to be in a group. He should play by himself, but that's no here nor there. Um, but other than that, yeah, Raw, it was a, it was a nice AEW, not not bad. They promoted the uh, pay per view coming up for Ben Door, which they've announced three matches and already. I'm giving them my, my money. They have my money already up for three matches already announced. Okay, didn't need any more. They they can have my fifty bucks. I'm ordering this thing. Um, then uh, watched uh, watched a little bit of basketball game, not that much. Watched a little more of your Reds probably than I did that. Deservedly so. Then, uh, then watched some classic football. I know a, a great matchup between the Lions and Eagles from 2013, the Blizzard game. Do you remember this game? V- vaguely. It's. I mean, it's one. Of, it's the game where you. I mean, you can't even see the, the field hardly at all. LaShawn gets tackled at one point, and snow is almost up to his knees. I remember watching the game. I don't. I couldn't even tell you what happened. Uh, well, the Eagles won 34-20. LaShawn ran for almost 200 yards in the game. Uh, which, because I mean, it was almost impossible. The Stafford tried to throw a ball at one point. The guy was open and still went over his head by like ten yards, because I guess the wind got a hold of it. But uh, and then I watched AW and I capped off the night with a with a with watching Rudy. Are oh, you watch Rudy? Yes, because I'm I'm, in a, I'm writing a post for CC. I told you. I realized how bad his dad is. No, I realized how wrong you are. Um, the dad is a saint. He should be given an award at some point. The dad is a saint. The brother's, you know, maybe not the best. He's a little jealous. The whole family's terrible. The grandfather obviously is is, is rotting in hell, but uh, no, the dad is the dad's a great guy, and he's uh, and I will no longer listen to any more uh, to back talk from that. Rudy's dad. <laughs> so I'm writing a post for CC. It will have be have horrible grammar. The punctuations will be in all the wrong places. I'm sure that'll help it, make your case. It'll be a run on. I'm not. Hey, the run on sentences will go on forever. Did you know that? In but real- the only thing that will be true is that I will prove to you his dad. You even misquoted the movie yesterday to me over and over. How? You're you're talking about how he he told Frank to stay in the bar. He, clearly, the, the 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 script says throw them out. 
He throw, he, did he have to Frank and uh, Rudy? I thought he said throw him out. Nope, throw him out. See, there's... I don't believe you at all. Well, the clip is on the post. You well, can see it. I know. I watched it, watched the movie. We even looked up the uh, the script. Did you know, real, real fast, we can get back to this. Okay. In real life, Rudy's dad was a mob associate and, served, and served time in jail. Was he really? That's, not, that's a, an actual fact. <laughs> okay, that, pers- that person might not be a good guy. Well, I mean, the real Rudy also probably not a real good guy either, it seems like. The whole Rudiger family in real life, not probably worthy of a movie, especially one with like a fairy tale ending. It what, seems like they're all kind of bad people. What's the odds that like the really the best one in the family is actually Frank? I was going to say the exact the same thing. seem like the biggest actual douche in the movie. In real life, Frank probably was like putting off his own dreams to take care of the entire family and do the right thing. Like Frank's probably like the only real redeemable Rudiger. Now, is Frank, who, who is it worse for Frank? To constantly down Rudy and, and and crush his dreams, or the other brother who ends up just like hooking up with his girl as soon as he leaves town. Yeah, they give him like like that's another thing. Like they is they it Jimmy play, or something. I forget what they played that brother off as like the like he's nice because like oh he hooked up with his his fiance, <laughs> but oh he's he's sorry. He's like he's quiet about it. I mean, Rudy did ditch her. It wasn't like it, it's, it's, it's he can't really be to blame for that, right? But also, like is is the is the is the pool that small in, in Southern Illinois? <laughs> do we? Are we do we have, that like, would be Northern Illinois actually because it's it's in, near Gary. So, well, that would be Southern Illinois then because Northern Indiana, Southern Illinois are right there. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, up, right. are, are we? Do we have like five women to work with? And <laughs> well, I mean, is it Joliet? Probably. <laughs> yeah, it's Joliet. Yeah, They're the Hilltoppers. <sighs> I <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> I just yeah that. I mean, do you see many women running? I mean, that's why that's why John Favreau needed help. Rudy's family. Because he couldn't, he couldn't meet a woman because they were all taken. Rudy's family swiped them all up. The worst family. I do like the, the – my only the only line that I really remember from the Rudy's dad as a D post is that uh, Luke Skywalker had an easier time impressing his father. <laughs> well, I like the line. It just does not stand true. <laughs> I mean, he just his dad sucks. I mean, if anything, Rudy in the movie is worse than the dad. How so? He's the one that ditches the fiancé and leaves everyone behind. To, cha- to go to college. Well, to, to chase it, yeah, I mean, he could have gone to college any time. He's been out of school for four years. He didn't have money. He, that's a whole thing. No, he saved it, but that also this he saved it the money to, to pay tuition. This also struck. This also kind of struck me a little bit when he gets there and he goes to meets the priest, and you know he's thinks he's uh, running into the cloth. Just an expression we use. Um, he tells him he can get him into Holy Cross Junior College. Like, is that really like a favor? It's junior college. Do you? I mean. In my experience, to get into junior college is the check will clear. Like I don't think. Well, they, that's. Uh, I mean, that, that's not modern day for sure. I mean, but that's back then. No, it was. You don't like, think college was not as much of a a normal thing. Back but it was then a junior college. We're not but talking still, about getting into Notre Dame. St- well, yeah, I mean, he's clearly not going to get into Notre Dame, but just getting no, into well, a, does, but, getting into a school well, in that area that could help him you know, build relationships and potentially. You know, I mean, I thought he would at least like paid for his first semester was what he meant. Well, that's I mean, he's a priest. He's not making money. Yeah, but I mean, he he goes. He's gonna send like an eviction notice to a priest. I mean, what are you, nobody's gonna do that. Well, he doesn't have money to pay though. That's the whole thing. He he's not paying. He's clearly he's got paying rent in the priest's home. I don't know how you think churches work, but <laughs> he's he's clear. Father, I know it's like, not gonna like, banging on the door. The last time we're gonna tell you. <laughs> I mean, I know in thirty-four years of religious studies, he's learned two things: there is a God, and he's not he's one. Not he's him. not him, but. I mean, he's, he should at least have some pool, I would think. Which I'm always like, you know, you've learned more than that, sure. <laughs> if that's all you've learned, why are you here? It's a good line, but 
I would hope you've learned more than that. Yeah, I know. It's a good character. Like, Where, that, where's the proof of this that you know exists? The conversation is it's a good part of the movie. I also it makes me sad thinking about the because you watched it last night. They the coach giving the walk on speech who died. I, I do think that's an underrated part of the of the movie. He's a good character, even though he doesn't want Rudy on the actual practice squad. Uh, Wait a minute. Let's say we that 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 actor died. He just died. Like, like we talked about this. How we, I think this conversation started. Oh, you're talking about the coach. Okay, yeah, I think he died like three days ago. The 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 coach who's gives the walk on speech. Yeah. Like, when you said walk on, my mind went to the guy that the uh, that's the legacy who didn't get to run out there. Yada yada. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that's yeah. a good part of the movie too. Yeah. But yeah, they're right. The the oh, that you're talking about yeah, the the coach uh, uh, Terry and what's his name's dad. Exactly. My ducks. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we've got we have sports to get to today. There's an interesting basketball story that I'm hoping somebody can actually help me with because it just broke as I was coming in here. I've been tied Louisville in on another 2023 recruit. I didn't think we had scholarships available. People are now saying like we'll make room. I don't I don't know what's exactly what's going Somewhere on. Somewhere Hersey Miller is very nervous. Well, Hersey Miller's not on scholarship oh, right now, so he, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't come into play. Our internet just stopped working. I forget it's even days he's scholarship, odd days he's not. Right? I think it's the way it works. So okay. he, and, he and Karan are swapping. It's like you know, it's like sharing a car. But uh, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. I do. I wish the Reds hadn't had the afternoon game and already gotten beaten six nothing because you know, oh, the know enthusiasm about last night would have been easier and more fun to talk about. But we still t- will talk about last night because I-, I think Ellie Mania is sweeping this area, if not the entire country. Uh, he- Remember when I predicted he had a home run in his first at bat in game two? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's a like game one first to bat. No, I meant his second game in the majors at first to bat. First to bat. That's what I meant to say. We'll check the tape. I think you're right. I think that's exactly how it played out. <laughs> and then game three of the NBA Finals last night, my poor buddy Rod uh, was was disappointed down there in Miami. That's got to suck to to spend spend money and go down to those games. That's how it felt if I'd gone to the Super Bowl. I know it. Like that. There's there's got to be no like. Bleepier feeling than than doing that. Yeah, it's got it's it's a. I'm sure it was a bitter pill, and yeah. I know he had a good time. Wow. but that has to yeah, that that certainly sucked. Like especially the way the game was, there was never really a chance for Heat fans to get into it or feel excited. They got pretty much boat raced. It was just a, it was all Nuggets last night, which you predicted. You 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 thought the Nuggets were going to win big. Uh, they did win big. They definitely controlled that game, and now they're back in control of the series going into Game Four, which will also be in Miami. Talk about all that good stuff, and then of course take some text from you guys at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. But I, I do want to start real quickly. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this because I know if you don't care about baseball or the Reds in particular, you probably get annoyed by the focus that's been placed. But look, I, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Reds fan. Give me a few minutes to celebrate <laughs> the coolest thing that's happened to the Reds in a long time, basically since the the last time they went to the playoffs. Since the dog pooped on the field, <laughs> which is having the best, most exciting young player in baseball right now coming up and at least through three games, looking every bit the part of being the number one prospect in all of baseball. And last night, TK said it. I, unfortunately, I got home just after it happened. My phone lit up. I had the game DVR, so I had to go back and watch it. But Eli De La Cruz hits his first big league home run in his first at bat of his second game, and it goes 458 feet. It felt like it was like 520. When they said 458, I was like, was that it? Like That, that ball was absolutely crushed. I love the call. That ball has a Family. Which I usually do not like John Sadak, but he he killed the. That was a great line. I didn't. Well, that's. I don't know if that's used a lot. I don't. Maybe, but I loved it. It was I, terrific. I thought it was great. I thought it was very good. And then De La Cruz, in his very next at bat, hits a you know what I think for most major league players would be a 
stand-up double. You don't even think about three. And he goes first to third and makes it relatively easily, uh, home to third, I should say. And it's home to third in the fastest time in big league baseball this year. And that's just in his second game. Uh, really, he, he sparks a rally, and then Will Benson walks it off in the ninth inning. Second straight walk-off, bottom of the ninth victory for the Reds, coming back from a 6-3 deficit, 6-2 deficit in this game after coming back from down 8-3 the night before. Just super, super exciting stuff. A lot of, again, I'm glad that we're competitive right now. I'm glad that we're still within shouting distance of first place in the Central. We can still dream big. If this team could get hot, sure, they could win the Central, make the playoffs, all that good stuff. I still feel like they're not a legit contender this year. I think there are a couple of moves away from making that happen, but my goodness, like the the youth movement is in full effect. The pieces are there for the future. And the biggest one has been on full display these last three days. Ellie De La Cruz is absolutely the real deal. And he's, I mean, his odds to win rookie of the year, which he's been up for three full games now, they dropped last night from, I think, plus 1,800 to plus 500. He's like the third choice to win NL will Rookie of the Year. Will he be eligible? Will he play enough games to be eligible for rookie? I think so. I think that, I, I, I'm assuming so if all there, these books have minimum odds on at him. bats, right? I think, is that what it is? There's a minimum of everything, I know. Well, it's true, yeah. I'm assuming he'll hit it. You know, he's still got over half the season left to play. I think they've played 64 games. Well, that's true, yeah. If he's going to, yeah. I'll play so, 100 games, he should get it. He would be eligible. Uh, he had a hit in his first at bat today. Uh, the Reds didn't do much. Losing six nothing to the Dodgers, Graham Ashcraft again. Like, he's finally getting people out. He gets he has like two clean innings, and I'm like, okay, Graham, let's get it going. And then he gets hurt and just gets ripped after that. And then he also does kind of the thing. I'm, I don't want to call him out, but he gets hurt fielding the first ball uh, in, the, in the third inning. And like they come out, they do the whole thing where they're looking at him, and he he throws off the mound. And he look he's getting just destroyed. Like they're they're hitting nukes off him after this. But he looks fine. Like he's he's moving fine. He's throwing fine. The second they come in to take him out of the game, he's doing like a, a Paul Pierce limp. Like he he like needs a wheelchair. I was expecting him to come back out of the locker room in a neck brace and sitting in the dugout. Like he just he was playing it up a little bit. We'll see if he's hurt. But if not, this would be a maybe convenient send to the stint on the IL because he has just been getting roped the last few starts. But disappointing end. But the Reds to win a series against the Dodgers is still. No small thing. And then the manner in which they did it in the first two games was just was so exciting and so fun. It was the the most fun back-to-back days to be a Reds fan in a long time. So very excited about the future, excited for the months ahead. Hopefully we can keep it interesting. But, man, these next couple of years should be fun. When's the last time uh, the the Major League team and its AAA affiliate both won their championships in the same year like it will this year with the Reds and Bats? I'm sure it's happened. I wonder if it has happened. I've got I – mean, Trevor, I couldn't tell you who's won any AAA title besides us 22 years ago. So I've, I've got I, no clue. I was mostly just trying to get get you to say how you know the Reds. Oh, the Bats are going to win it all. Yeah. Bats, I guess. Well, I would think maybe the '80s with them and the Cardinals, but the Bats won I think in '84 and '85, and the Cardinals didn't win until '87. So because the, the Cardinals would it would have been '85, but they lost the Royals. So I'm pretty sure the Bats won at '84-'85, or would have been the Redbirds, obviously. I can actually find, I think, your answer here. It'll take a long time because the internet's not working again today. No, yeah. no internet! Yeah, the internet's not. I'm on the uh, the hotspot, which takes 75 minutes to load one page. <laughs> Does it give you flashbacks to your youth? I, I do kind of feel like I'm waiting for my mom to yell at me for using the phone, tying <laughs> up the phone line. Yeah, you're just you're waiting for that that picture of Sonny to download. Yeah, come on, come. On. It was Sable. What what finishes first, the download of the picture or me? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like fire up the printer. <laughs> All the days of printer. All the days when you couldn't zoom in on things too. <laughs> Let's see. 
So the 74 years in which a triple A title has been awarded, the World Series winner has been part of the parent club minor league winner six times. Okay, wow. I would I would not even guess six, to be honest with you. I just said maybe three or four. No, yeah, a lot of these are old school. And the most recent would have been? 1953. Wow. That is not very recent. No. I mean, the Yankees, wouldn't it? So 32, 37, 38. 34, 42, and 53. 32 was Yankees because that was the called shot game, I believe. 32 was... Or was it 31? The Newark Bears and the Kansas City Blues with the Yankees. They're, they're the affiliates for the Yankees. Yeah, because Yankees beat the Cubs. That was the called shot year, I believe. So five of the six times it's happened, they've been the Yankees affiliate. <laughs> what was the one? Was the one? The other time it was the Dodgers, but the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, was but it was in the 50s. Only yeah. all the Yankee. Yeah, 1953 was the last time it happened. And that was a Dodgers-Yankees... World Series and the Dodgers, uh, their AAA team was the Montreal Royals. I actually knew that because picked of, up the W because of the movie Forty Two, though. Playing for the Montreal Royals that year, future legendary manager Tommy Lasorda. How about that? Really? Yeah, that was right before the Dodgers moved as well. They moved, I think, in fifty what fifty six, I believe. The book had to been around then. It was late fifties that both the Dodgers and the the Giants moved. All right, let's go ahead and take it's a, a great uh, stat, though. I mean, that's, that's I, a wild stat. That would would be awesome if somebody could. I mean. Could do that. That'd be cool. Reds, bats this year. Reds first time to do it in over almost over half a century. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I, I want to touch on this latest UVL basketball, men's basketball recruiting news, which I could use some help with. Somebody can you know, throw me a bone, throw me a lifeline, let me know exactly what's going on here because I find it interesting, but I also find it a little peculiar. I'm not sure exactly what the deal is. We'll talk about that. We'll take some text from you guys. All that coming your way in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Immediately when I when I think of the song because there, there, there's only two right only two for a long time like the first part of my life it would have been Happy Gilmore yeah. and now it's definitely Days and Confused like I, I see the like the pumping of the keg and like the putting the <laughs> it's cashed yeah. cup on top of it like I can when I hear that now it's all I think of you picture or you After picture, picture Chubbs and an alligator and Abe Lincoln yeah, exactly yeah well for, for the record today is gonna be Happy Gilmore because that's I couldn't. After I watched Rudy, I still couldn't get to sleep, so I watched Happy Gilmore. I love Happy Gilmore. So that's that's kind of these are those songs from Happy Gilmore today. Still love it to this day. Yeah, oh, it's such a great movie. It's a it's also a special day in the Rutherford household. It is the uh, seventh birthday of our beloved Penny Dog. Oh, our, our, our girl turns uh, turns seven. Our first baby. We got her. We, you know, she we didn't have her seven years ago. We got her on actually right before Labor Day, so like three months after this. So she was still very much a puppy, but it's her seventh birthday. We love her. She gets more attention from the kids than either me or Mary. She's uh, she's very much the kids' favorite. She hates it. She does not like the attention. She'd rather be left alone by the kids, but she puts up with it pretty well. We love her. We're gonna 
hold on to these last few years, it, it, it's kind of bittersweet. It comes at the same time. The dog that, when I first started dating Mary, she lived with two of my good friends, three of my good friends, like basically a couple and then another guy, like all lived in the same house together. Uh, my friends Ashley and, and Kircher, who got married, and then my friend Tim, like they lived in this house with Mary, and they had Wait, this- Wait, did you say his name was Ashton Kircher? Ash. No, Kirchner. <laughs> okay. His <laughs> wife's name is Ashley. Okay, they said your your friend's name was Ashton Kirchner. No, really? Chris Kircher <laughs> and Ashley, who now be, is, is his wife, now is Ashley Kircher. They lived together, and then my buddy Tim and then Mary, they lived in this house together. And Ashley and, and Kirch had this, they got this dog. They adopted this dog named Sadie. He was sort of like, you know, I pretty much lived in the house. I felt like she was kind of my dog, too. Like, we all took care. We all loved her. And uh, Ashley texted today and said they were going to have to put her down, which it was, Aww. she's 13. It's that time. She's up there. And it's just always, always sad. And it makes you think, you know, she's pennies, like, turning seven. You know, she's getting up there a little bit, too, and it just makes you want to squeeze her a little bit tighter when you, you hear I mean, stuff like that. The last two I had before my, my girls now, one didn't give me an option. He she he passed. I had kind of a struggle. I guess just I don't know what happened. He didn't last. And then, of course, the other I had to make the decision, which I don't know if there's really a – which I, one's better. But Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, by the way, I, I love Facebook. But the, the, the best part of Facebook now, other than other than the uh, birthday reminders, because it's really – I mean, all we pretty much use it for, for the most part, is the memory thing. Yeah. I love it. And, like, it, except for today. So, 10 years ago today, apparently I was in Vegas. Didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checked into a steakhouse. <laughs> Nice. I checked in at the Las Vegas Strip and at the Hash House a go go, which by the way is not it's not it's not what it sounds like. Um, and then twelve years ago was ironically with the Reds a day game was the, the I went probably the last game I went to Reds Cubs day game. Nice. It, uh, I've got a picture of me from the outfield. That was twelve years ago today. So this would have or twelve years ago. Twelve years ago today. You know, that was a. That was the team that was kind of in between the good teams. 2011, they were not, yeah, that not was, great. I don't remember if they won that game or not against the Cubs. I forget. Because 10 years ago was the last time that they were actually in the kind of playoffs, besides the COVID playoffs. They played the one game wild card against the Pirates and got, got beat. But 2012, 2010, good teams just didn't didn't click. Didn't didn't get it done in the DS. That's, so, and then today I'm here doing another show. I think you might come in third in this this list. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy just to assume. I'll take the bronze there. I'm just happy to be on the podium. Which that would mean also if that if that was in Vegas at that that this time ten years ago, that would mean that today's probably also ten years ago the the Louisville Vanderbilt game. Because I watched that game in Vegas, I do remember that. It was 2013. Two, yeah, it was. I was actually on the way to we went to, we had a wedding. I remember Owensboro. watching it in the casino. And I mean, maybe it wasn't today. Maybe it might be ten years tomorrow. Or yesterday, because I was out there for like a week. It was definitely about this time. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of funny that my memory for this is, so, and I've, I've talked about this before. Mary and I, we took some time apart in our 20s. We, we dated for a while, broke up for a while, both did other people, and then got back together. And so it was like 10 years ago. It was the first time that I was like going to like be at an event with her family since we got back together. And you know, it's one of those where it doesn't feel you, – you, you get around them and it's like not, no time really passed. But it had been like you know, almost, I guess, two years at that point since we hung around. But the good thing was like her dad and I are – we're very like-minded people. We're big baseball people. He loves UofL baseball. And so like I get to the hotel 
And like we don't even, it's not even like, hey, good to see you. Like it's been a long time. It's like we're just cheering about the Louisville Vandy game. Like, yeah. We just like we start watching it because I get I got there like the eighth inning, and we're going nuts as they lock up the College World Series because that was the year I think where Vandy was like the number two overall. Yeah, seed. we wore the Astros jerseys right for the first time. Yeah, that yeah, well, I guess yeah, yeah, that's like I said, I barely I didn't remember it being ten years ago. Me being in Vegas ten years ago today, but I do know that was I remember watching that game out there because people were looking at me like. Oh, a little baseball? I'm like, yeah! <laughs> Cardinal 9, baby! I'm like, I'm probably drunk. Man. <laughs> like, hi, like, McDonald? McDonald? Just like high-fiving strangers? Yeah, pretty much. We got to build this game like, bet? All I'm saying <laughs> is Dan McDonald's the best mind in college baseball. Am I wrong? Somebody tell me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong! Nobody, everyone's uh, like, who the heck? Who cares? By the way, the Reds did lose that game 4-1. to one, apparently. That sounds about right. That was Bronson Arroyo was on the mound. 12 years ago, yeah, it was, it was. Lost in a head-to-head matchup with Ryan Dempster. That team underachieved. Dempster, former <laughs> Red as well. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've got men's basketball news here that we have yeah. to get to. This is intriguing for a number of reasons, and there's no way to talk about this without discussing like, rumors and innuendo that are out there right now floating Ooh, I around. Like innuendo. It starts with this. I, I mean, so Simeon Wilcher is a high four-star, I guess low five-star according to some scouting services, member of this current recruiting class, 2023. He's the number 28 player in the ESPN 100 rankings. He's been committed to North Carolina for a while now. And just, I guess, earlier this week, two days ago, he announced that he was reopening his his recruitment. He's not going to go to North Carolina. I think this is probably a direct reaction to the Elliott Cadeau 2024 player reclassifying and joining the team for next season. Maybe, I don't know, too many bodies there. I did like Armando Baycott, not so... Subtly tweeted, you know, some people can't take the pressure. Some people run from the pressure or something like that. Like They've did, lost a few recruits in the last few months, haven't they? They have. Yeah. Because they got so many guys coming back. And, yeah. and so many guys, you know, they brought in a bunch of transfers. They, they've got Elliot Cadeau to reclassify. So Simeon Wilcher is back available. And according to 24-7, their official account, they say that he's been reached out to by the following schools. Seton Hall, Texas Tech, Xavier, Indiana, he is a former teammate of McKenzie and Baco, which I know. would not help us here. Georgetown, Cal, Georgia Tech, St. John's, and Louisville. I'm and they're gonna be like Wyoming. Why, yeah. <laughs> no reason to be talking about this, people. We're really <laughs> struggling for things to talk about here. We're just gonna talk about recruitments that we aren't involved in. Break down that last little Reds game Trevor went to now. So this all begs the question, you know, we've got 13 scholarships for 13 players. They're all accounted for at this point in time. I believe that 11 of our scholarship players are on campus right now participating in these these camps that are going on and the early summer workouts. How are we going to make room? Why are we reaching out to Simeon Wilcher if we're not going to make room or if room is going to be made for us? That question is a very clear one. Now, Again, I, I don't have 100% inside knowledge here. I can just tell you what the rumor is, what the, the rumor has been, and what the rumor certainly is going to be, which is ratcheting up now that we're actively recruiting another player, is that Tyler Johnson, the most recent player that we had, the final scholarship player, 2023 point guard, is not going to have the grades to qualify here. There had been some concern about that before. This is, I mean, this is kind of what you have when you take a kid from Memphis. This is, it kind of goes hand in hand. Wow, shots laid I, at Memphis. Am I wrong? No, but shots I'm not laid. It, I think a worthwhile shot. This is what happens. This is kind of what they're known for. 
That's why we got. That's why they got kicked off the airways in Memphis. Yeah, I'm, we're not. Look, I don't want to be friends with people in Memphis. I love Gary Parish, but everybody else can go to hell. That whole, you know, I don't need to make friends there. <laughs> Ever since I got trashed by going on the radio station, being like, "Yeah, I think you should get rid of Tubby Smith," they're like, "Wow!" I'm like, "I'm sorry, the guy sucks." What they do you have a good barbecue? What they've got great barbecue, but I'm, 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 everything else, I can leave when it comes to Memphis. Everything besides Parrish and barbecue. Parrish will never leave Memphis. I, I don't blame him. He actually lives, I think, northern Mississippi. But it's, does he really? It's no, like it's, right there. Yeah, it's but the same Memphis thing. is also an Ar- The only time I've really been to Arkansas was when I was in Memphis, too. It's the same thing. Yeah. But there had been some rumors before that Tyler Johnson, the, the grades that he had at the prep school were not great, and that wherever <laughs> he was going to go was going to have a little bit of an issue getting him cleared. But Louisville felt confident that they could. It's kind of another Fabio Basile deal where it may take a few weeks, it may take a few months, but eventually we're going to get him to, to get him qualified. And now it sounds like this might not be happening. Like, like this, th- th- there may be more to this than they originally thought, and this may be a taller hill to climb than once thought. Which would make sense when it comes to the fact that we are now actively recruiting another player from 2023 that is higher ranked than he is and that plays a similar position as he plays. He'd be a backcourt guy. So that's the scuttle that's out there. As far as our chances for actually landing, Simeon Wiltshire, I mentioned he is a former teammate of Mackenzie Mbako, which would seem to give maybe Indiana a little bit of a leg up. Um, what St- their scholarship situation is. They've, they've got, I think, a couple available. Do they? St. John's is going to host him tomorrow. I mean, I don't, I mean Patino is great at getting these, these visits first, apparently, because every time there's a kid with a long list, he seems to go to St. John's first. So he will be going to St. John's, taking an official visit. To my knowledge, that's the only one, the only school where he's actively set up a visit so far. Well, he's from New Jersey, so he's probably not – probably – it's probably easier to go to exactly. St. John's right away. It's that same type of situation as we had with a couple of the other recruitments. He played at Roselle Catholic in New Jersey. So I don't know where that is in New Jersey. It's northern. It's in New Jersey. It's, in New, yeah. it's, it's close enough to St. John's. That's, it's, it's, that's all you need to know. New Jersey's really not that big, right? <laughs> it's, it's always close enough. It's always going to be closer to St. John's than it is to here. We'll I can just, tell you that. We'll just, we'll just walk to there. You know Europe's a, is an island, right? We'll swim, whatever. Now, Wiltshire is a six foot four point guard. He's got closer to the size that Kenny Payne likes than than Tyler Johnson does. He again is more highly touted. He's number thirty one according to twenty four seven Sports. He's number twenty eight according to ESPN. He's a high four star according to Rivals. Um, he led a team that was very good. Uh, had a very great high school career, leading Roselle Catholic to a seventeen and zero record in New Jersey State tournament games in his career. That's awfully impressive in one of the most competitive basketball states mm. in the entire country. Uh, this is a kid, look, he's a kid that I think if Tyler Johnson does not wind up qualifying and we were able to get him, this is an upgrade for you. You feel better about this than you did going into it. And, and I think that all of a sudden, I mean, we probably would end up with the third ranked class in just about every scouting service if we're able to land this kid. Um, it'd be a great, nice little last minute bonus if we're able to bring Simeon Wiltshire in. I don't know where he's leaning. I know Seton Hall fans are all about him. I know that they're they're the fan base that I see the most active when it comes to, you know, writing about him, being in his mentions, like reacting to this sort of stuff on social media. But if we've reached out, I assume we have a, a, a fighting chance because we've done awfully well with high school kids so far uh, in this cycle. So fingers Aaron crossed. Bra- Aaron Bradshaw played at that school too for his freshman year. Oh, he did? They transferred, yeah. 
There you go. I just clicked on our school just to get a look at him. Yeah, I guess he was he played his freshman year there and then transferred. I, don't, I guess they wouldn't have been teammates. I guess because this kid's a year. No, they're in the same class. So yeah, they same would, class. They would have the same freshman. Twenty-three kids. So their freshman class was Bradshaw, this kid, and Mbako. Not a bad little freshman class. Not bad at all. No, not bad at all. Um, I mean, am I a bad fan? I'm not getting my hopes up on this. No, no. I, I, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like it's an eleventh hour recruit. Yeah. You know? Even if it wasn't, I'd be kind of. I mean, I look at this list. I mean, we're, we're one of like what twelve teams on here, and it's just, I yeah. I, I mean, I'm I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to, I don't want to get burned again, and get excited for something that's probably not going to happen. It's like I don't, I couldn't tell you the odds here, but yeah, it does seem like we're going up against a, a host of schools that have had some success. I mean, we, do, you, do you, have you heard officially that we are actually have reached out to this kid? Yes. Or are we just our names just yes. being thrown out there? Okay. No, we we have reached out to this kid. Seton okay. Hall, Texas Tech, Xavier, Louisville, Indiana, Georgetown, Cal, Georgia Tech, and St. John's. Once again, our Cal becoming like our our cross country rival. We need to get Cal in the ACC. I've, I've come to that conclusion. Maybe he just wants to go to he wants wants to hit the West Coast one day, and he just figured Cal would be the best one to do. I don't blame him. I mean, no one else. I mean, he's, he's like, I'm really not serious going there. I just, I just want to go out to Cali for a trip. I don't blame him. I don't blame yeah. him. Either. So, but it seems like Texas Tech is all about this. Uh, St. John's very, very active. Seton Hall very, very active. Indiana uh, clearly wants him. But I mean, we have. I feel like Indiana Seton Hall are going to get him. One of those. Gonna get I think the question would be like with Simeon Wilcher, like Tyler Johnson. You could sell him on because he was more of a back end top 100 kid. Yeah, you could sell him on. You may not start right away. Like Sky Clark is our starting point guard, but impress enough through the first couple of months. Maybe you earn a starting spot. If nothing else, you back up Sky this year. We think he could be an NBA guy. Then you take the reins in your sophomore year. Then you can become an NBA guy. Simeon Wilcher very clearly decommitted from North Carolina because he thought he wasn't going to start there, and he wants to go somewhere where I think playing time is immediate. I'm not sure that we can sell him on that the way that some of these other programs came on this on this list. But if that's a secondary concern for him, if it's more about better, the same things that have sold Trenton Flowers and Dennis Evans and these other kids on Louisville, then you feel like you've got a fighting shot. But I'm with you. I, 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 until there's some sort of report out there saying like he's taking it a visit here, he's definitely coming, and he's – he likes Louisville a lot. I'm not going to get my hopes up because the last time we've gotten a high school kid since like the very first flutter of the offseason, we had never heard anything about our, us recruiting Tyler Johnson. It just came out of nowhere, yeah. which now kind of makes a little bit more sense for why he was he was very easy to go get and, and why it kind of happened in silence because it sounds like there were some things going on behind the scenes that we thought might get cleared up that, that maybe aren't going to get cleared up. So that's that. I'm just I'm just scrolling through like the the, the uh, tweet the tweet about where his announcements are and reading the fans like IU Xavier I'm like poor cows getting no love in this thread like I'm just scrolling through all these gifts of people well, they, don't have, they don't have fans I know I'm just saying I got I got Georgia Tech guy I got St John's guy in here I got an Xavier guy one Texas Tech Mark Madsen's got to build that poor fan cows. Base back up nobody's even even throwing come on can somebody can somebody at least get like a Shreep Abdul-Rahim gift or something and put it out of here? Well, I mean, you'd think with, with like, the easiest thing in the world now, if you're a Cal fan, which I guess there aren't any of them, is to use mm. the, the the creepy, weird Madsen dancing as, like, the gif of, like, the like, like that should yeah. be your, you know, we have all L fans use the Kenny Payne, like, throwing the L's up and, like, nodding his head, like, to, to get a kid, or, like, the I need you gif. Like, the Madsen dancing is gold. Like, that's a perfect gif to use in these types of situations. Maybe they have And there's no Cal fans to use it. 
Maybe the Cal fans haven't accepted him yet because he is a Stanford guy. I mean, it's a rival. Well, he's, I mean, that's that's Louisville not hiring Kenny Payne, but hiring like Mark Pope. He's already assembled a better roster than they've had in like 15 years, so they they, they probably need to go ahead and just jump on board. Much and like also, the guy like, who replaces Kenny, the bar wasn't said hi. Stanford's, <laughs> I think Stanford's coaches are like both of them are are Cal guys. It's it's a weird like role reversal here where they've got you know, Mike Montgomery still do they? Uh, that's a joke. I mean, cattle There's no way. No, they don't. <laughs> okay, but Stanford, like their uh, Jared Hass is a is a Cal guy. Oh, okay, he, I remember him. Yeah. He went to Cal, and they've got now uh, Cal has a Stanford guy coaching. It's this weird. It says weird. Yeah, roll thing. Huh? Crazy. That that wacky California. I know. They just can't keep anything straight, right? And I think, he actually played at Kansas too. Apparently, I think Troy Taylor, the the new football coach, is has some sort of Cal ties. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just I'm just laughing that they can't the, they they don't know which ways which way they're going over yeah, there. Yeah, the, the football coach also he played at Cal because that's the, the Stanford thing. coach. Yeah, the Stanford football and men's basketball coach both played at Cal, and the, the Cal basketball coach played at Stanford. And the Cal football coach played at Stanford, right? Is that true? I don't know who's who's the Cal. I don't football think that's coach. right. I think it stops there. I think that's the. That's the end of it. The Cal football coach is Justin Wilcox, who played at Oregon. Oh, okay. Well, so, he could back to him. So kind of a rival. But yeah, sort of. Whatever. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We, you that was can a sound fun little way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> you can sound off on, on all this stuff. Do uh, <laughs> you think anybody's going to sound off on the Cal-Stanford mix-up of coaches? No, not, not on that. Okay. Uh, they do like they do like do people like the fact that you said shots laid, shots laid. Well, but what's wrong with that? It's I mean, shots fired. Well, it can be both, right? How do you lay a shot? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he laid off five rounds. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, I don't think that's the way that it works. Oh no! I mean, you can you can do it. You can lay a shot. I don't. I you don't, can lay anything. I've never heard that said. <laughs> I've never heard that said. Uh, Texas, with the news of us reaching out to another recruit today, it seems there are a few options. Karan or Tyler, who are both not on campus, have academic problems opening a roster spot, or Danilo drops to walk-on status. With that being said, what is stopping us from dropping a player to walk-on status by striking an NIL deal that would pay for their tuition? Is that a loophole? It could be, but I, it sounds like we're not going to use it. Yeah, I, I mentioned 11 of the 13 scholarship players are on campus and participating in team activities already. Karan Davis and Tyler Johnson are the, the two who aren't here, and... I hadn't heard academic stuff for Quran. I'm not saying that that's not happening. I guess that there's scuttle about that behind closed doors, but it, it is strange that there hasn't been much talk about Quran Davis since the summer started, since we got into this, this stuff. I don't know what's going on there, but it definitely seems like Louisville is going to have at least one scholarship available to use on another player. Or, I mean, Hersey Miller. Might be getting called back up. You, you never know. Uh, we may just – a lot of programs these days are just going with 11 scholarship players, and that could be the way that we approach this year. could Ken, definitely happen again. Kenny's got to sit Zan down to him. Sorry, buddy. You're not getting that scholarship this year. <laughs> I wonder how long before – that, that texture just brought something up that I hadn't even thought about. Where a program does try to get around scholarship regulations – by just giving a big nil deal to a to a to a an actual scholarship player, just to be a walk on, it'll cover his academic plus extra money that would be nil. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know at what point you know a talent, a player of that talent level is be willing to be you know knowing that he's going to be like a twelfth or thirteenth kind of roster or whatever it is. But I mean, that's that's something I could I could see a school doing at some point down the road. Like, okay, we were going to give you you know. A amount of nil dollars, 
but now we're going to have you as a walk-on because we don't have any scholarships available. We're going to be loaded. We'll give you, you know, double that nil money. That'll cover your scholarship plus you're getting your nil money. It'd be a tough thing because I, I know that there, like, there are still, even if that happened, there are differences between what walk-on players can do and what scholarship players can do. Like the gear's different. I think the walk the the, the scholarship players get different types of meals. Like the, the, the whole thing is different. Like you would be have just, to still differentiate stuff. It, it's a it, it'd be a weird setup. And also, it'd be all about the nil money, though. I mean, I think that's where we'd... if you're if you're Danilo Yovanovich, you went to Miami as a walk on. You earned a scholarship. Yeah. You transferred to Louisville presumably because they said, among other things, that you were going to be a scholarship player here to get dropped. Like I, I can't imagine that Kenny Payne and company would drop a kid two months before the, the official start of the, the fall semester um, without like letting them know beforehand that this was even an option. I think the more, like I don't think they're reaching out to Simeon Wilcher unless they feel like Tyler Johnson's not qualifying or Karan Davis is not qualifying or that they're going to have an open scholarship. I can't imagine that they're going, if you preach culture, culture, culture and love the kids up and you know, we're going to make them feel special and all that stuff. It kind of go all, all that talk goes out the window. If it's, we love Mupp until we have a good player that we want to give a scholarship to, and we're taking your scholarship away and knocking you down to walk-on status. I can't imagine that they would do that. Hey, our players have character. Doesn't mean our coaches have to. Well, if they're preaching that, <laughs> then they need to. Ron can't be academic and eligible. He's Danny Manning's only guy. I mean, if he's not available to play, what's what's the point of even having Manning here? If we don't get Karan, and like Danny's just like he's just just crappy for the entire year. He's just pouting the entire year. He's like my guy. <laughs> Why just picture Damian walk around? The with one him. thing I've wanted to do since I got here was play Karan Davis. We couldn't even get him on. He just just doesn't do. It. He's like, Danny, you got the Duke scout. No, I'm not doing it. Give it to Josh. That was actually. I, I, this is just when when you said scout, something just popped in my head. One of the weird things about that that um, um, Bill Walton documentary when they were talking about like back in the UCLA days. Uh huh. He said Wooden never scouted an opponent. I've heard that. And he said he he he, he didn't concern himself with what the opponents yeah. because it's it's all about. It. I was like, I mean, that's I don't know if that's just is that is that cocky or is that just bad coaching? He also never really like coached during games. Like he, he no, he wouldn't all, call timeouts. Yeah. He said Walton wanted to call a timeout during the NC State game, and he looked at him and said, "No, only only losers call timeout." And people who don't know what they're doing, we don't call timeout. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's an admission of guilt. If you do what you're supposed to be defeat. doing in practice, then I yeah. don't need to do anything during the games. Like you, you've got it all covered. It's a, it's a philosophy. Can you imagine the, like, the message boards today? It's <laughs> oh like, my when will Wooden ever call timeout? <laughs> Our Twitter would explode. There, teams on a nine nothing run. I know he's won he's eleven national championships, <laughs> but oh my god, do something, John. <laughs> He cared as much about the in-game coaching as his players' hair. We'd have won that game. So literally, not even talking. What are we doing? Or how about going in a press conference and coach? What, how, how do you feel about this next opponent? I don't know. Never seen him play. Who we got? Who, who we playing? <laughs> You're playing Kentucky, coach. Eh, good for them. Comes out like a man-to-man offense I mean, against Syracuse. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is he thinking? I mean, wouldn't the day? That would be awesome. Speaking of, <laughs> real quick, there was a CJ Moore did a feature uh, on the Athletic today about Jim Beheim, and he got asked if you were starting a new program in 2023, like how would you approach it? What what would you do differently? And the first thing that he said before the question was even finished, he said, "I'd start playing man to man defense." Really? He, he said there are just too many good shooters this in, in this day and age. Too many coaches that know how to attack zones now. I would try to play almost 90% man 
but I'd like to have a good enough zone to play about 10 to 20%. Isn't that funny? I mean, it, especially with, I mean, also, I mean, the counterpoint is with today's athletic athletes and, and the size and length that you have, you playing zone can be sometimes more effective if you have the right roster. He's proven that. Yeah, this, the shooting revolution that's happened recently, I think, has changed things. I mean, Scott Drew who came up coaching primarily zone and has gone to more man. He yeah. got interviewed for the story as well and said coaches are allowing players to shoot further out. That's made it harder to zone because usually these guys are now open from 25 feet. You have to extend it. Even if they're not making those shots, it forces the, you know, the, the, the middle of the defense to open up. And like he, you go over, like, look at uh, Syracuse's adjusted defensive efficiency ratings on Ken Palm. They were the number five defense overall in 2018. Since then, 30th, 116th, 77th, 207th, and then 185th. Again, I don't know if that's all just the defense. I think some of the, is the players, too. But it doesn't. He, he started recruiting some smaller guys. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah I mean, when you, it's, it's the zone is a lot more effective when you got, you know, guys like, was it Michael Richardson? Like, you're six, seven point Carter guards. That's Carter Williams, yeah. He says that. I mean, he, he says that. He goes, I mean, it's, yeah. he goes, it wasn't as good later in the years because we were slow. We didn't have good team speed. But if you don't have good team speed and man-to-man, you're kind of in the same boat. It really yeah. wasn't the zone. It was just the people in the zone, which I, I mean, think is, is fair. I think it, it meets halfway, but, yeah. I, I You know, I, I wish more people just run triangle, too, honestly. A little one-three-one. The boxing one. When Rick Majerus did that, we went to triangle two on Arizona in 97 or 98 after the, the, their, their national title run. I remember that crazy guy who coached, used to coach at Loyola did a uh, boxing two on Steph Curry that one game. He put two guys on him the entire game. That's awesome. They lost by 30, but Curry scored like 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> I, he was like, I got the national attention I was looking for. That's, uh, that's all that I want. Uh, but would, yeah, you, would you run gimmick defenses? I are you do, a fan of the triangle and the box? And I, if, if I were a head basketball coach, I would do it. I know it's really, really tough, especially in this day and age where there's less roster continuity than ever before. Yeah. I would do what Rick Pitino does, which is teach a bunch of different defenses. Oh, I love the switching and defenses. Get to the point in the middle of conference play in January and February when you're able to switch defenses seamlessly in the middle of possessions and just screw with the heads of whoever you're playing oh. with. I think that also, it, 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 it's why it's part of the reason why he's always been so good in the NCAA tournament is because. You know, you win that first round game, you've got one day to scout for your next opponent, or you win that Sweet 16 game, you've got one day to scout for your Elite Eight opponent. If you can play a number of different defenses, you can play to your strengths. It doesn't matter. Like, we never had a, a people talk about like Rick's style. We were chameleons. Like, we, if you wanted mm-hmm. to slow it down, we could play slow down with you. If you wanted to, you know, go up and down, run, we're going to run with you. Whatever the style that you wanted to play, we were going to beat you at that game, unless you're Virginia, I guess. But like we would, you know, we could throw a, a zone defense at a team that really struggled to shoot from the outside. We could throw a, you know, a matchup zone at teams that had really good players, but maybe not the best shooters. You know, we would play good straight man-to-man defense. We could do it all in, you know, all these different things in, in one game. I, I would do that. I think I mean, that's game, the best philosophy. I mean, about one possession. He, I mean, there would be times Tino would start man-to-man, and if the ball got to the like weak side, they'd switch the zone. Yeah. And, just, and the ball rotates around, go right back to me, man. I mean, it's a hard thing to do, which is one reason why a lot of younger players didn't play for Patino. I mean, it's, for sure. It's because, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to, to tell a kid who probably hadn't played defense his entire college, high school career, really, that, hey, guess what? I mean, I want you to play me. Okay, coach. But when the ball goes here, you're going to switch. Say, say, what, coach? Yeah. You're going to switch, then you're going to switch back to, I'm, I'm sorry, can you repeat that, coach? I mean, that's, it's, it's not a, I mean, <laughs> Not an easy thing to do. How many, so how many gimmick defenses are there? Triangle, box, 2-3, two, 3-2. Three, three, two. Am, I, am I forgetting any I mean, of them? I don't know if those are gimmick defenses. Well, I think they're called, I mean, assumed to be gimmick defenses. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, 
wouldn't you say a triangle two is be considered by some as a gimmick defense? Maybe. I mean, it's just kind of anything short of a man to man. I think I is. feel like boxing one is only the kind of gimmicky defense out there. Am I forgetting one though? Other than those four, I mean, one three one. Okay, yeah, one three one. There you go. Yeah, the matchup zone, which I was always a more fan of. I love matchup zone. I'm a big fan. I, I was a Cheney guy, so I can't help it. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we can take some more text from you guys. You guys have loaded up the text line on uh, thoughts regarding this Louisville scholarship situation and, and what's going on. You've, you're laying shots left and right on the text line at 502-414. Uh, what did I just say? Did I just mess up the text line? Did you, <laughs> did, did you drop the ball on that one? Sometimes, what did you say? I, wouldn't even, I, I kind of wasn't listening, really. I, I just I, I forgot the text line number. Sometimes and this just How happens. For kids, so easy, dude. This just this happens it, since I got sick the last year. Like my brain, I'm not saying this as a joke. Just does not work the way that it used to, and it's very very frustrating. But the, the number is five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Just stuff like that just keeps happening, and it's it's not cool. But we <laughs> persevere. We keep fighting. Uh, and now I, just it's just two of us now. It used to just be one of us doing these types of things. Now now we're both doing the same types of things. And the show is better for it, I guess. Five one two four one four fourteen fifty. We'll take some thoughts from you guys after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Thursday on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. I saw the movie. I was like, oh, I was like horrified. You know, I think I, I actually remember going to see it. It was in, I was in fifth grade. I was in the, I saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters for my buddy's birthday. It was one of those where like, nice. yeah, we were in fifth grade, and he had it was like a very small birthday group, and he had a he had a dad that lived out of town. His parents were not together, and so he he saw his dad. I think his dad was in the military, and he saw him like twice a year, like barely. So when his dad came in, it was like a big thing. I think the dad would always like overcompensate. So he's like, yeah, yeah well, I'll take you to go see Happy Gilmore with that's, like four of your friends. lucky kid. And then man. I remember we went to a sports bar afterwards and watched it. It was the same day that Louisville played UMass when UMass had the refuse to lose season. Was that, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been around 90, yeah, about 96, 90, yeah. They had just, yeah. They had just lost the, for the first time, I think, uh, Yinka Dare and George Washington, I believe. Had, the man had, had one assist his whole career in the NBA, had, I think. Had beaten them the, the, the game before. And that game was was famous for I – mean, if I say famous, famous in my mind because we won the opening tip. Everyone ran the wrong direction except Tick Rogers who knew which basket we were – it's like everybody went to like the left side and then Tick was like, okay, and just dunked on the right goal and got us the first two points of the game. Uh, and then we, we lost a very close game. But like, I just remember that day and seeing Happy Gilmore, I was like, this movie – was incredible. Great movie. It just changed my whole life. It changed your whole life. <laughs> changed my now, ten-year-old life. It, it definitely confused me because I, 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 I was watching it last night. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, a genius when it comes to golf rules. We've talked about this. I think, in fact, we brought up the Columbus thing recently, where you talk about getting hit with the ball, and I was like, what if it like, you know, hits him and he like lands on him, and you're like, you can take a drop. Well, Happy Gilmore says no, no, no. 
There's no drops in the PGA. You've got to hit off Frankenstein's fat foot. Yeah, they're also not going to make you putt through a, <laughs> a gigantic <laughs> tower that fell on top of the green. You think, you think you're going to continue the tour if a guy tries a BMW bug into the course and like hits, hits the guy that's happy? I used to always. I would do. I, would always, I mean, the rule, the Hollywood lied to me big time on golf rules. No, 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 no. He has to play it as it lies. Yeah, it's not not exactly the rule. I'd hit it off Frankenstein's fat, fat foot. And you can count on me <laughs> waiting for you in the parking lot. That dude switched pretty quick to being friends with Happy Gilmore. He dropped all his. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's famous, but now, but I mean, the dude did shoot you in the head with a nail gun. He did. We got a few lucky punches in, but I still feel I won the fight. <laughs> you said you had butted Bob Barker. Who won that fight, by the way? Oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. I do love like the whole um, Patrick McDonald always does the thing where if somebody will like yell at him and say like shooter at the airport, he'll like apparently I've I've seen like multiple stories, multiple people have had this happen to them where they're like shooter McGavin, he'll be like. You're a grown man. The movie was made 30 years ago. <laughs> Grow up. And like he'll walk past them, and then he'll be like, hey. And like turn around and be like, two-time that, baby, and give him like, the shooter guns, <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, it's definitely like his most like, well-known role, and he, apparently he didn't want to take it. Like I heard an interview with him one time where he was talking about, they offered me this part. I thought it was a ridiculous movie. Like Adam Sandler is this young comic at the time. It's, yeah. yeah. I kind of thought I was above it, and I only did it because I, he's like, I'd just gotten done filming another movie, and I didn't want to be away from my family. I had two young kids at this time. He's like, they they set up a whole house for my whole family to come during the shoot. So he's like, I didn't live with, with the rest of the actors. I was kind of like off to the side with myself. It was basically a vacation for me and my family. I would shoot, and then I'd go to the house and hang out. It was like a normal life. He's like, if they hadn't done that, I wouldn't have done the movie, and that would have been... We all would have been worse off for it. I'm curious one of the movies just because I'm looking at his he, – he did five movies in 1996. Jeez. Along with Happy Gilmore, which as I read these lists, by the way, you got to wonder like where he was putting his nose up doing Happy Gilmore. Was it after he finished uh, The Rich Man's Wife? <laughs> Maybe it was when he was just finished wrapping up House Arrest. Cla- a classic? Yeah, which I actually liked that movie. And I'm not, I thought it was funny. And then maybe I will give you this. I don't remember him being in this. Underrated comedy, sports comedy, Celtic Pride. I like Celtic Pride. That, so he did Celtic Pride and Happy Gilmore in the same year. That's impressive. I mean, can, can, is it safe to say Christopher McDonald, underrated sports McDonald, movie star? Yeah, I think that's, I, I, I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, Shooter McGavin's a legendary sports movie character. Or maybe it was 95's the, My Teacher's Wife, which we've brought up before. We have brought <laughs> How we've... Who would have thought that was... You and I, two of maybe the five people in the city know. that are familiar with this movie. Well, we had that poster at my video store. That's how I always remember it. I watched the scene. Um, he's apparently in Forget Paris, which I don't remember. I hate that movie. You hate... How do you... I mean... Oh, I, I hate Forget Paris. I mean, I'll let you slide on that one. It's not as bad as thinking, you know, Rudy's dad's a bad guy, but he says he just plays the voice of Zeus in the movie. Yeah, he's... I love it. How do you hate Forget Paris? Is it, is it because you expected it to be more sports and it wasn't? No, I think it's just a terrible movie. No, I, I think it, I think it's one of the few movies like I just haven't been able to make it through. I didn't even. Didn't even oh it. man, the, the, the father-in-law who reads all the billboards is great. I'll still do that when I'm on me and my buddy are like a, on a trip or something. Like, you asked for it, you got it, Toyota. He just he repeats that over and over nonstop. I'm sure people love that reference. <laughs> Say some text. Four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Texter says, "This was the website I meant uh, to send you yesterday. It takes the strength of each team in a given league and use oh about the soccer conversation. We were wondering where oh yeah like the MLS ranks globally, um, and it looks like according to this, well, 
Oh, it's way down. I'm still scrolling. <laughs> wow, that's not so. Apparently, it's not fourth like you predicted. Well, no, hold on. I, mean, I may have just missed it because the USL is like thirtieth, which is the league that Lou City plays in. Which, by the way, we we're going to give away uh, racing Louisville tickets today. We have to do that this hour. Uh, MLS is sixteenth according to these leagues. So yeah, it's, you were a little off. It's way more down than I thought it was. I thought it was more competitive than. But this this is the Premier League. Oh, never mind. I was like, this is the Premier League at tenth. But this is the Premier League of like Ukraine, I think. <laughs> so we we'd be, are we even are we even ahead of anybody in the Premier League, the champions or whatever the third level is and all that stuff? I have no idea what you're talking. What that sentence just meant? Well, because because it was there's the in the Premier League you have what the there's four levels in the Premier League, right? The Premier League is just a league. There there are five levels in British soccer. Okay, well that's what I mean. Like the Premier League is just the Premier League. Oh, okay, it's like the NFL. I always thought that was just like what you had, like your, you know, like. No, it's the Premier League, then the Championship, then like I think League One, League Two. Oh, then... okay. I always thought the Premier League was like the name of all of them combined. Okay, no. okay. The no, Premier League is just the, it's the top division. It, it's the you. best of the best in soccer. So I, I know we're not ahead of them. So are we ahead of anybody in that le- of those four layers? Uh, we are ahead Maybe of champions, and then level two. The and Championship's level three? ahead of us. It looks like just barely. Okay. And then the other the other two British leagues are behind us. League right. one is twenty eighth. So yeah. So we'd be considered like double A to them then, I guess. I, I think in, so. In like, baseball terms. I always ask the question because I watched Welcome to Wrexham, uh, which I, I really like the show with I need to probably check that out. It's really good. I mean, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I know what happens in their the, their most recent season. I watched the last match. But like, I would text Greer's who I always go to with soccer questions. Greer or my buddy Craig, who was big like big time soccer player and still is super into soccer. And I would ask, like, you know, I'm watching this is like the fifth league of British soccer, so it's the lowest I think professional league they have. The Wrexham is, yeah, okay. And you know, it's people who get in that league are desperate to get out because uh, it's really hard. There's like 24 teams, only two get promoted, so it's really really tough to get out of the league. Yeah. And you know, you're making less money, so it's hard to buy good players, and you no, just kind of no. get stuck down there. But I remember last so when they got demoted to the third level, they 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 were off TV. It's always tough, yeah. But I think being in that league, they call they say getting out of that. Is the hardest job in soccer is, is getting promoted hmm. to the, the fourth league, but I would ask him, you know, like Lou City, we're the basically the second league in America. I know that they don't like referring to it in those terms, but I'm like, would we be competitive with these teams, like the the fourth, fifth level in England? Would Lou City be able to like play with these guys? And Greer's like, I think absolutely. He's like, we always have these types of debates. Like, don't don't worry about asking the question. Like, we talk about this bleep. Nonstop, <laughs> but he was like, I think so, and this kind of backs that up because it's got the USL as ahead of of League Two and just behind League One, so it'd be like sandwiched between the third and the fourth leagues in England. So I think that makes about that, that makes sense. I, I can see us playing with the maybe not Wrexham because they have so much money they bought a bunch of players that are too good for their level, but the other teams from that level, I can see Lucid being better than we can compete. Yeah, I see. I see. Paulo De Piccolo could run League One. He'd be right there. He's a superstar. Have you started Ted Lasso yet? I have not. I meant to last night, but then I've I've got caught up trying to. We've been we've had a bunch of work going on, so it's been. You said you said you have been hit. Have you hit been hit with spoilers though? Yeah, I've seen a couple. I mean, we know the one spoiler, and like the it was just like the one of the first episodes that we talked about. We did. We didn't. I don't think said it directly, but you and I both saw the same yeah. thing, kind of. Yeah. But that's then that was okay. I mean, yeah. Speaking of lucidity, real quick, I saw that uh, big news. For a local boy, Josh Winter's been getting a ton of love playing for the national team a little bit, and Lou City and SL Benefica 
have agreed to a record transfer for Josh Winder that will this summer see the rising star join Portugal's most decorated club. It's a $1.2 million transfer. They paid uh, the highest transfer fee ever commanded by a USL championship player. The full terms of the deal are not disclosed, but Winder had to say this. I'm very grateful to Louisville City for everything the club has done for me. It's a dream come true to sign with Benfica, uh, and I can't wait to get started there. Although my career is taking me overseas, I'll always be proud of where I'm from and represent Louisville to the best of my ability. An 18-year-old kid, born and raised here, becomes the best, you know, I guess one of the most talented players in the USL, demands the highest transfer fee in the history of the USL, has played on the, the senior team uh, for the, the American roster for this summer's CONCACAF Gold Cup. Uh, it's, this is a cool thing. This is one of our own, like homegrown talent, playing for the homegrown professional team, and now going overseas on, on a seven-figure deal to play for the best club in Portugal. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Shout out to him. Um, all right, text line. 502-414-1450. I'll set him up and send us hour with some text. Texas says, it, guards... Whoops, we got those. Spotify. Oh, this is the guy who used to ask guards all the time. Now he's just every day going to ask when we're on Spotify. <laughs> Same day we get a guard. <laughs> Texas says, uh, we've kind of already answered this text. We can skip this one. It's about Tyler Johnson and Karan Davis. Texas says, seriously, just talk about the Reds for two hours. Give us a hit-by-hit recap. Well, I'll do last night's game. I'm not doing today's. Scoots texted and said, old intro, yes. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I got to find the, the, the newest one I made. I read up the other studio. Texture says, Trevor's geography strikes again. Southern Illinois is nowhere near Gary, Indiana. No, I was because I, I was mixing Illinois and Indiana up. Yeah. It's, we got there. Yeah. We ended up getting there. We got there eventually. We Nobody always, wants to go to Gary anyway. North, south, east, west. Who cares? Yeah. My favorite Gary story was when Handsome Jimmy told me he went to go see Jerome Harmon. <laughs> Texas says I went for a jog yesterday and I noticed the kids in our neighborhood had done a lot of nice colorful chalk artwork on their driveways and sidewalks I ran by one uh, which had a house that said Biden sucks written in huge letters on their driveway <laughs> it was written in a variety of colors so I assume that was to celebrate Pride Month do kids still do the, the, the chalk on the sidewalks? oh yeah my kids are all about the chalk I wasn't sure I, I never really was big I never was into that like do they still do the hopscotch stuff? Oh yeah, we we're, we we hopscotch a great deal at our house. Okay, I, I didn't know. What walking I, around our neighborhood and seeing like I think that sidewalk chalk is still very much a real thing. I did love like one of the last times I was on a run, so like two years ago, uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> running like I had to stop because like one of our neighbor's kids had drawn this like really well done U of L bird logo, and nice. it was eating. The Wildcat logo. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm taking a picture of this. I'm like, the neighborhood's all right. We got a lot of cards fans on our street. We We're never to, moving. We're never moving. We really aren't. I love these people. Texas says, hey, boys, Dave R. here. I'm assuming this is at KRC because I don't know who Dave R. is. What up, Dave R.? So I can't believe y'all didn't mention Cool Runnings when talking about niche sports movies. It was an absolute staple of my childhood. Yeah, also, I might realize this might cause TJ to get a little bit grumpy. But what's up with the Windows XP sounding clicking noise coming through on the podcast? Sounds like Scoots may need to mute the computer. Say it with me. Bring back Trevor. Wow. Oh. Uh, Shots laid right there at Scoots. <laughs> Texer, I love you. I appreciate the the, uh, the enthusiasm, but no, Scoots is great. He's doing good in the morning. So we don't need to we don't need so we don't need to make Scoots mad. Laying let's, all the let's shots leave Scoots in the morning. Um cool, I mean, how do you yeah, if you're talking I love cool runnings. How do you not cool. love cool runnings? I was yeah I I yeah that's I mean is it safe to say the the best Olympic sport movie ever? 
Yes. Now, if you said Goodwill Games, I would have had some competition. Oh, because of the uh, <laughs> D2. D2. But yes. I mean, what, what's the only competition for the Olympic Olympic sports movies? You have Miracle. Char- Miracle and Chariots of Fire, maybe? When that, when that Olympics? Chariots of Fire is about... Was Chariots of Fire about that, or was I think it was about the first person to run a sub? I know it was a running. I know somebody running, and I know the song. I Honestly, I don't think I've ben ever Jealous seen the movie, though. Is the creator. The sad thing is I watched it because I took a music and film class, and like my assignment was on Van It Gellis. covers both of those things. Uh, but do, I, do, 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. It, it was. It was the 24 Olympics. Okay. I knew, so. it, was, I knew it was two Brits. And it, in hindsight, I'm like, these two pasty white guys with the fastest people in the world, were they really? I don't think they were. Well, 1924 they were. I don't think they were. <laughs> Did you hear the... Uh, I guess that would, yes. Yeah, so, so, so let's... Uh, cool Running's Best Olympic Movie. I didn't my, like Miracle, first of all. I didn't really either. I mean, I like... It's fine. It's I feel like they just, they, they just really dropped the ball on it. If they would remake that story, I would probably be okay with it, because they I think they just kind of missed shot and missed on that one. It just it was so. I know it's like a Disney type story, but it's, it, it, can't be it became so Disney fied. Like I know. It just well, all those movies like the, the the Rookie and like Disney did a bunch of sports movies in a row. There's one with Kevin Costner running like he's a track coach in like California. Like it, it it's trying to be like in a sports version of Stand and Deliver. And uh, it's not very good, but like they all look and kind of have the same feel. They look to their shot the same way. It's they all just the same. The dialogue almost in all of them. It's yeah. It's it's. And I think Miracle fell into that. that, that Texture says uh, Prefontaine was amazing and it involved the '72 Munich Olympics with the hostage situation. I didn't. I've never saw Prefontaine. I mean, I know the story, but I didn't know that was. Yeah, I didn't know that. What about? What? Texture says Revenge of the Nerds Olympics was pretty solid. <laughs> that wasn't the one. That was the. <laughs> Did you ever see Brunch of the Nerds? Yes, but it's been a long time. I could, I, I could see where you'd be like, I've never seen that. That I feel like that's a movie that would be one of those. I love Brunch of the Nerds. It's a great movie. I sent you a clip real, talking about like the white guys in 1924. Have you see, heard the white American NBA player song? Yes, I, I saw you. So, so I want to send this. Yeah, I, It's one of those ones where you got I, – I saw it on your, on, your, on, your, on your Twitter, and it was like, this is getting group text to people. Play the song. Listen, okay. Play the song, dude. White American <laughs> NBA players, they got podcasts, they got nice hair. Spot up shooters who get hounded on defense, assuming that they went to Duke is not a crazy pretense. White American NBA players, when you inbound pass, you better beware. They come off a bench, they're the energy guys. Your uncle's favorite player, but you don't ask why. White American, white American, white American, the European white guys are scary. <laughs> so good. Just the randomness at the end. The video makes it a little bit better, but you, it still, I think it still holds up without the video. I just love the, your uncle's favorite player, but you don't ask why. <laughs> the hair is so good, too. Like the J.J. Reddick podcast. It's, uh, it's very good. Cause of course, that made its rounds last night because Christian Brown was lighting up the heat. Yeah, I saw, yeah. Doing his thing. Looking to become just the fifth player ever to win a national championship in college basketball and then an NBA world championship a year later, um, trying to join the, be the most recent since our own Billy Thompson in 86 and then 87. We talk about it, he was the last one too, right? He was the last one. I thought, that's crazy. He was, uh, I still don't get that stack I still think how Bill Russell did it and Casey Jones didn't when they were on the same team. Yeah, but didn't get... we look up that like why? There's an explanation I, for I it. I couldn't remember. Because I've seen the stat now in more different places, and they all have the same four. Uh, it, there going, has to be some kind of like twist to it or something. I thought yeah. we found out that it was like he sat out a year, wasn't an active member or something like that. Oh, um, maybe it was. Regardless, speaking, speaking of clips, like I know we I, I, 
this is a little day behind, but uh, I, I came across this. I forgot. A buddy of mine sent this to me. Um, you know, Iron Sheik, of course, you know, passed away. We talked about this yesterday. Uh-huh. I mentioned, like, some of the stories of Iron Sheik. Uh, this this was one. I, it's like 30 seconds. It just cracks me. This sums up Iron Sheik to me. This is Michael PSAs telling the story about when he failed his drug test. Were, were you there for the classic Sheik drug test result that Vince gave him? No. You guys all heard of that one, right? What do you do? Sheik, I need to talk to you. We uh, pal. got your results. Yeah, hey, pal. I got your results back from your drug test. And uh, Sheik, it was positive. Yes! <laughs> yes! I know it was positive. Good. I tell you, Vince. Sheik. Vince is, Vince is like, uh, Pal, you don't understand. Uh, positive is yes. <laughs> positive is not good, Sheik. That means you failed. Yeah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Classic Iron Sheik. Uh, uh, all right, we got to go to break. Of that. I just to play. we got the 5 o'clock hour next. We're going to give away two tickets to tomorrow night's Racing Louisville match at the top of the hour. So keep it locked right here for that. More Rutherford Show on the way next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Kiss you all over and over again. I wanna kiss you all over. Five o'clock hour here on a Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. We're going to give away two racing Louisville tickets for tomorrow night's match coming up here in just a second. A couple quick pieces of notes to get the five o'clock hour started. We've talked about Tyler Johnson, what's up with him, and the fact that Louisville is now actively recruiting Simeon Wilcher, uh, who had decommitted from North Carolina. Another former North Carolina commit who decommitted, who people thought that Louisville might reach out to because of some past ties, DeMarco Dunn, has just now committed to Penn State. Going to be a Nittany Lion. Best of luck to him. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, is it again? DeMarco Dunn from North Carolina. We talked about maybe Louisville might Chris reach Dunn's out. Chris little brother? This was when uh, Louisville had 12 scholarships before they got Tyler Johnson. There was some talk that he might be the guy that UofL would target. They did not. And he's headed to Penn State to play for uh, new head coach Mike Rhodes from, from VCU. Also, ACC news that is pertinent to our interest around here. Miami baseball coach, one of the most powerful baseball programs in, in all of college. Uh, Gino DeMarie is stepping down as the Miami Hurricanes coach. He's out. Vacancy now Deuce. in the ACC. Deuces. We look forward to whooping that ass again, or I guess for the first time in two years. Come I, got, next I got slightly distracted because Zagori just tweeted out, like, Michigan officially signed Seton Hall transfer Trey. And I was thinking Davis and it's Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. It took me off for a second. I was like, wait a minute, huh? That's, that's, that's what kind of distracted me for a minute. I also saw the other story that I saw is, so the Big Ten has come out with their, the, I guess the first football schedules for 2024, which would be the first season post-expansion with UCLA and USC added. And UCLA's travel schedule, their away games for 2024, include Hawaii, 
Rutgers, LSU, Indiana, and Michigan. Imagine, like, first of all, not just being the school, but imagine being a, a diehard UCLA fan who wants to go to, like, any road game this year. There's nothing that's in the same vicinity. Of where you live, if you're part of the country. I mean, I was thought they were like doing like a like a, a four corners of the country thing at first. You're like Hawaii, Rutgers, LSU is gonna be like Phoenix. Yeah, the only part of the country <laughs> they're not touching is their own. Like they're going everywhere else. Well, Hawaii. I mean, it's close. It's not. I mean, it's closer, right? It's not that close. Is Hawaii closer to UCLA than than LSU? Uh. I, I know we can't have a bridge from 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 Hawaii to, to California. <laughs> We've established this as much as I would love to see it. Be hard to put a gas station in the middle of a bridge. <laughs> the distance from Los Angeles to Honolulu is two thousand five hundred and sixty miles. That LSU's farther than that from California, then than Los Angeles. The well, actually, from, it's about, about the same, probably. The distance from Los Angeles to Baton Rouge, and again, the internet here is just going to take fifteen days. Better internet coming anytime soon. Is one thousand eight hundred and fourteen miles, so, no, it's, so it's, it's it's closer. Closer, yeah. Rutgers, I guess. What about uh, to Rutgers to Hawaii? Might be that might be a little. Uh, Hawaii might be closer to L.A. than Piscataway. Um, uh, <laughs> I typed in just Rutgers, and it comes up Rutgers Ranch in Long Beach. Yeah, you gotta go. To the <laughs> I don't know how to spell P- Piscataway. <laughs> uh, it is t- just it, it's just longer than the distance from Los Angeles to Honolulu. It's two thousand seven hundred and fifty one miles. So really? So so the distance from L A to Honolulu is the same as going cross country. Then it's a little bit closer. Okay. L A to Honolulu. If you wanted to drive from Los Angeles to Piscataway, it would take you forty one hours. Okay. I would thought it would have been more than that. These diehard UCLA fans who love <laughs> packing up their vans and driving across the country to support their Bruins, they got their work cut out for them moving forward. That, uh, that road <laughs> presence that UCLA brings everywhere they go. Fill up the, fill up the uh, VW bus there, hippies. You wanted this. You did this. Is that one thing that you kind of respect about Walton is he stayed a hippie no matter what? I, I respect a lot about Bill Walton. I mean, a lot, a lot of the hippies back then have you know, grown up, cut their hair. Moved on. Walton's like, no. He didn't have hair, so. <laughs> What's that? He doesn't have hair, so. It's, well, he yeah. doesn't now, but I mean. It's a little bit easier for him. I mean, it's mostly fallen out, but. <laughs> um, okay, here, let's, let's go ahead and give away the tickets. Oh, there's a shirt now that says, that ball had a family. Of course there is. That's, that's actually pretty fun. I like this. I'm, I kind of want this It's the shirt. first good thing John Sadak has done since he started calling these games. I'm not a Sadak fan. I don't even – I thought you called him a sadist at first. Tommy Thrall, <laughs> Tommy Thrall, who took over from Marty Brennan on the radio, is growing on me a little bit. But Sadak, I, I, I'd rather be listening to the Dodgers broadcast. But I liked the call. He, he did – there was a great call in a great moment for him. Did you see me – I can't believe we haven't talked about this either. The kid who caught the ball, like, you know, he's – I can tell right away, I'm like, oh, this kid kind of looks like a chosh. But then he's negotiating for a long time with the Reds, and he winds up getting not just an autographed bat from Ellie De La Cruz, but autographed baseballs for all his boys. He's with a, a bunch nice. of kids from, I guess they're from their Moeller High School products. That's like a billion people tagged me on Twitter saying, like, Moeller, Big Mo. And they, they got pictures of themselves with Ellie on the Reds' social media channels, which is a, a good move. But I also saw a lot of people, because I was like, that's a pretty good negotiation. But I saw a lot of people who were like, You've got to keep the ball because in four years, you know, that ball is going to be worth 
at least six figures. You could have made way more money for yourself if you just negotiated. Like, don't give in the first day. But at the same time, like, I feel like it's kind of, I guess it's, it's the smart move. But I feel like I would give the ball in like right away for a signed bat or something, just because I feel like it's kind of the right thing to do. It's well, just not tickets. A, it's not a D bag move. Season tickets. I mean, they yeah. could do up season tickets for that. Wow, when did the Reds start like bringing up their their T-shirt game? I mean, like these, everybody now has a good T-shirt game. I mean, I, this is one of my favorites. I, I I love just the thought of this. It's all black and in red. It's got in, in, the ACDC logo. It's, it's EDLC. God, he's a beast. <laughs> that is just that's a great thing, man. That's he's an so awesome great. logo. He's so awesome. The, welcome to the Ellie Show. That ball had a family shirt. I mean, these there's some cool stuff. I will say this though: what is with the Viking thing? The, that the, the that home was, run thing. Everybody's yeah. got their gimmick now, and that's yeah. Theirs. But but what does that have to do with the Reds? Nothing. But I mean, like, what is it? You know, people have like championship belts and stuff for home. Well, run, at least with belts. the championship belt with like Louisville, it's like a you know Ollie trend. And like, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about teams, teams that have don't have Ollie trends. Like, they'll have like a championship belt or something. Do they like pour some skyline chili on him? <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, it was oyster crackers. <laughs> Give him some hot sauce. Why not? I mean, there's got to be something more Cincinnati-like themed that they could done other than the Viking. I mean, that's like Minnesota, right? I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, don't, I just, I know, I know. All I just, the props are they don't have to. Have, they're not like based on the team. Whatever. My old, I, the old man in me sometimes is. I can't keep him down for long. Sometimes he comes up and resurfaces and, and wants to complain about things. Well, the true old man would just be complaining about that props, regardless. Oh, he is. And the fact that Will Benson stared at the ball and threw his bat last night. As much as I love Miami for coming up with the turnover chain, I hate the fact that yeah, everyone who's done it afterwards, including us, looks stupid doing it. Not as dumb as the Hello Kitty backpack at Florida State, but pretty stupid. Okay, let's give. Sorry, away. guys. I know, kids. You want to be cool, but all, you keep bringing up the backpack. The backpack was like five, six years ago. It's I know, been gone I for a long time. Hate it, man. It's been, it just <laughs> stuck with you. Right, that that and the people who like do bring out the little basketball goals. Like how many? T- like that also has been done. For eight of the years. ten Big Ten schools do that. It's been gone for a long time. Okay. Yeah, that's gimmicks. The gimmicks you're referencing are a little outdated. It's okay. Well, they're new to me. Yeah. Well, people, the gimmicks are kind of becoming. The whole trend is kind of becoming. It's been phased out a little bit. So that no one's doing. They still do the turnover chain, right? In football, I feel like it's being done less. Yeah. Good. Sure. Well, I'm glad. Uh, we've got two tickets to give away. Let's finally do this. Right. Racing Louisville, we got a question for you. First person to correctly answer this question on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. We'll get two tickets to tomorrow night's game at Lynn Family Stadium. It's a big one, 8 p.m. The San Diego Wave are in town, which means superstar Alex Morgan's in town. Uh, the Wave loaded with stars, one of the biggest names in all of the NWSL. You want these going to be a hot ticket. You want to get it. So the first person to correctly answer this trivia question, it's going to be pretty straightforward. At 414-1450, he's going to win the tickets. A racing Louisville player was named the NWSL Player of the Month for May. Name that player on the text line. First person to correctly do it gets two tickets to tomorrow night's match uh, against the San Diego Wave. Again, 502-414-1450. I like the name San Diego Wave. You like you just like having a name. Though. I like, uh, yeah, you know, I yeah. I, 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 props to the, uh, the Women's Soccer League. Almost all their teams have, have names. I like that. All right. Mark. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher is not correct. I think he should. That, that, just for coming up with that, though, him and the, the Ghostbusters 2 guys should both get shirts. The first correct answer is the, the, the correct answer we had somebody got 
the first name correct, and then somebody got the last name correct. <laughs> <laughs> My mom is not the right answer. Trevor's mom is also not correct. Neither is Chester the cheetah. <laughs> but we have a correct answer. We, we have a winner. Savannah DeMello. It's is, not Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> is the correct answer there. She was the NWSL Player of the Month for May. I believe she's the first racing Louisville player to earn that distinction. Again, brief history of the franchise. But uh, Louisville playing San Diego Wave tomorrow, hosting the San Diego Wave tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Uh, if you didn't win these tickets, we are also going to give away two tickets on tomorrow's show for the Saturday Lou City match, which will be at Lynn Family Stadium as well. So if you want a weekend of soccer at Lynn Family Stadium, you still got a chance to win two more tickets tomorrow. Uh, winner, I'm going to let you know that you won. And then during the break, I will get your information so that we can send you the tickets via email. Awesome. All right. Uh, we got about 15 minutes here before the break. We'll take a few texts to set the stage, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk. In the next segment, I do want to talk a little about the NBA Finals last night. Not a whole lot because it was. Uh, I don't think you guys really watched much of the game, did we? I didn't. When I heard that it was like a pretty straightforward ass whooping, I turned it on at the end because I was watching mostly the Reds. I watched. I watched. Like, it was like the first quarters off. I think it was like 22 or something. It was. They were in the tw- most of the first quarter. I watched some of, and then after that, I think I just kind of forgot about it between the Reds and the football game and wrestling. Yeah. Understandable. A football game from 2013, by the way. But it's a fun game to watch in the blizzard. Texter says, I had to take a work call, and I missed the recruiting thing that you were bringing up. Did it have something to do with the rumor that Tyler Johnson is not qualifying? Yes, it did. It was bad, and the, the kid that we're actually recruiting, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Texter says, isn't Arkansas already doing that? LOL. I'm not sure what that was, because it was an hour ago, but we talked probably. About, I would say the only thing we referenced was Arkansas. I thought it was connected to Memphis, wasn't it? Uh, I think, uh, I'm assuming this was about when we were saying... We have too many scholarship players, and we're going to pay for you to go oh, out and be a walk-on. Yeah, yeah, they, they could be. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's somebody that would be. I could see getting around the uh, loophole of that. They, I mean, every time I look at their roster and, like, and stuff, there are guys that I forget. I'm like, oh yeah, he went there because I, I, I'm doing like the. Yeah. I was talking about. I was writing a little thing on Houston, and I'm like, where did Tremont Mark end up transferring to? Like, you know, he has to be somewhere good. He was a pretty good. I'm like, oh yeah, Arkansas. Like they, they've got. Like, I, the LLS thing just does not make sense to me. I'm curious to see how he fits into all that, but we'll find out. Texas says, Kenny Payne and Calipari must be from the John Wooden coaching tree, not doing anything during games. <laughs> they have a lot of similarities. I do think it's it, it's interesting. It'd be helpful if we had Kareem and Bill Walton and Jamal Wilkes on our roster. So. I don't know if you followed the big Kentucky chatter in the last couple of days because UK keeps going after transfer portal players and not getting them, and then now they seem to be focused on Kids either in the 23 class or kids from the 24 class who have a chance to reclassify. And their big thing is Calipari is not utilizing NIL enough because you can sell like, you can sell one-and-done talent. Like if you're trying to recruit DJ Wagner or Rob Dillingham or Aaron Bradshaw, all these kids, you can say, look, NIL is, is fine, but why not get a smaller piece of the NIL puzzle, come to a place like Kentucky – and then, look, the money that you're going to get for a guaranteed contract in the NBA is going to dwarf whatever the biggest NIL contract that you get in college is. Come be a part of what, what we're doing. We send guys to the first round. We make guys millionaires. Watch the playoffs. You can't watch five minutes of a playoff game without seeing a Kentucky player making a big impact. That pitch works with 17-, 18-year-old kids. It doesn't work with a 21-year-old grad no. transfer uh, who's an established college player who is not going to get that NBA contract. Because yeah. if he had, he would have left three years ago. Exactly. So, you know, if you're saying, you know, take a smaller piece of the puzzle, we could make you Josh Harrelson. He might, he, he's, first of all, he's going to be like, who the hell is Josh Harrelson? Second of all, he's going to be like, I if, if I could go pro, 
I would have left if we're talking about, you know, kid from Michigan. Like I, I, I would have gone pro already if I was good enough two years ago. Boom, I'm gone. I'm a lottery pick. I'm not stupid. You can't sell me on being a late second round pick. I want to get what I can get while I can. If Kansas is going to offer me twice of what you're offering me, I'm gone. No. And I do wonder if that's we've had the question uh, multiple times over the last few months. Why does it seem like Kenny Payne and the staff are having so much more success recruiting high school kids as opposed as opposed to transfer portal kids? And if he and Calipari are aligned with their their thoughts on NIL, which it seems like they are, they've said so at multiple public appearances. That would kind of explain a little bit why, like the the pitch that he's making to these kids about look at what I did at Kentucky, look at the draft picks that I I, I produced. It might work with a high school kid. It, it probably doesn't work with a kid who's who recognizes that his NBA dream is now a little bit far-fetched and just wants to make the most that he can make during his, his college years when his markability is, is the highest. Yeah, Kentucky's better would have been better off with in, in, in recruiting the upperclassmen if they didn't have NIL. Because then you could sell so. like the Reed Travis stuff, like, hey, you know, you're probably not going to the NBA right away. You can come here. Maybe you can impress somebody, but if at worst, you're going to be able to make a run in college in the tournament with and, us. And, and that's... And that was a good day because you didn't have to worry about the, the – you could tell Reed Travis come here, McDonald's All-American, and I'm sure there's somebody else I'm missing. I'm using him just a prime example. But but now, like you said, yeah, now it's, no, it's not just selling, hey, you can go somewhere in March, which I'm sure is somewhat of a selling point to some of these kids, that, especially from the smaller schools. But it's probably 30% to the 70% of how much money can I make. And the other problem for Kentucky, I think, is – at least when we're talking about these top-tier transfer portal players, the Hunter Dickinson case is the one that I think is sticking out to Kentucky fans the most right now, is if you're not going to offer them as much money as some of these other programs, your selling point has been, like you said, come here, be here for six months, chase a national title, be in the spotlight and all that stuff. That works when your competition is like Colorado State or UNLV. It doesn't work when your competition is bleeping Kansas. And you know everybody is in the transfer portal game now. It's not like some schools are just ahead of the curve and, and utilizing it more than others. Everybody is going after transfer yeah. portal players. So when you're, you know, when you're going after one of these top twenty players available in the portal, the chances are more likely than not that you're going to be going up against a power conference program that maybe doesn't have quite the stature, status status that you do, but can still make the same type of plea. Like if you are, I don't know. I mean, St. John's right now with Rick Pitino. He's not telling kids, come here and just go through the motions and get your NIL money. He's telling them, get your NIL money, but also we're going to compete for a national title. We're going to compete for a Final Four. We're going to compete for a Big East championship. And like, while you may not be able to have the same type of pitch that Kentucky does, these other schools are saying the exact same thing. And if you can, if you can get the same type of competition and also get a little bit more money, like that pitch is going to... It's going to work, and it's working against Kentucky in a lot of these cases, I think. And it's why you have a roster right now that's seven kids and five freshmen. It's and a, and a, and a student manager is about to be your backup center. I mean, is that really going to happen? I don't know. I've just heard he's a beast in practice. It's great times for KRC Radio. No shortage of stuff to talk about in early June. At least there's that. Well, then why are they talking about niche sports movies and didn't mention Cool Runnings, apparently, from the Texer? Well, I don't know. <laughs> You can't spend two hours straight talking about it, I guess. <laughs> Sports movies or UK's roster? Texture says, using your one year of law class, how would you assess DeAndre Williams' likelihood of getting a ninth year uh, of eligibility? Yeah, the kid from Memphis who's trying to get a um, – he, he would be 27 this year if he's cleared to play uh, college basketball. 
the the tweet that I saw earlier, and I think the texture sends it in. His lawyer says we've got documented documented proof, written proof of misadvisement in the form of emails, text messages. I think it's very clear. Um, he's trying to make a case that you know, he got poor advice and he deserves a extra year of eligibility because of that. Our advice is going to Memphis. Once again, get mad at me if you want. They have there's eligibility issues at Memphis every year. Every year. What did the oldest player to play in college basketball was? I think. I mean, I think there have been guys that like. I mean, I remember. I remember. I remember the Ohio had the guy that, uh, the, when they played Maryland winning a tournament, and the, the center he was like six foot six. He was like twenty eight, twenty nine years old because he'd gone like Iraq or right. something. Right. There have been a few cases like that. I, I just googled oldest player in college basketball, and of course, DeAndre Williams article first when it comes. Oh, up. really? Had <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Can a 30-year-old play college basketball? <laughs> There's a dude who was 73 who played a game at a community college in 2009. I was thinking D1, but okay, yeah. It says Zinsua does not have an official age limit for college athletes to play college sports. Hmm. 27's got to be up there. I mean, that's got to be. I, mean, I guess the guy, I want to say it was George Mason was the team Maryland played that year. Um, it was early 2000s. I think that guy was close to 30, though, as well. He was like 20, maybe he was 28, 29 or something. He was, I mean, he was a man child too, because I mean, he was small. He was a man. He was a man. Actually, there was no child part of it. He was just a man. Just a aging male. <laughs> Texture says, uh, "What would you have bargained Ellie's first home run for if you caught it? What would you have done, Trev? I mean, I, I kind of gave my thoughts away. I, I feel like I would have done sort of what the kids did, like just kind of given in and been like, I'd love to have an autographed bat. How old was the kid again? I think he was like a high school kid. Like, are, are, so am, looked, I, am I doing this perspective from high school Trevor or current Trevor? Current Trevor. Because well, high school Trevor probably would have done what this kid did. You're right. Yeah, just gotten some autograph stuff and a picture with him and been like, you know, giddy about it. Thank you, Ellie. You can probably flush. Current Trevor. Current Trevor's getting season tickets minimum. That's probably smart. I don't, and I don't think that's really probably a hard thing to get. The thing is, though, if you hold on to the ball, like if you – like. I don't know about hell. I mean, it's the wise thing to do. I don't think I would do it just because I'd feel kind of crappy about it. But it's definitely the smart thing to do because it's it looks like this guy is going to be one of the biggest players in baseball for the foreseeable future. And that ball, if you've got his first home run ball five years from now, and he's like a couple time All Star, maybe competing for an NL MVP, he looks like he's about to demand a billion dollar contract from somebody when he leaves the Reds. Like that ball is going to be worth at least six figures. You could pay for a lot but if of you, stuff. But if, if you don't keep it, you get you get bashed on social media for being kind of a tool, right? Probably. I mean, I mean, I, I obviously it wouldn't bother me, but like I, you would, you would have to like there would be a lot of that would be the backlash would be kind of bad, right? I would think so, but as long as you're willing to deal with that, then it's probably going to be worth it three or four years from now. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm with you. Like I, I feel like I would just kind of give in and be like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. It, it's not the smart thing to do, but I'm going to give the ball to the kid and just if you give me a cool piece of memorabilia, I'll, we'll call it even. Texture says Trevor conspiracy corner. There's images of the satellite images of the time when the Canadian forest fire started. About ten different fires all started at the same time, hundreds of miles apart. What's Trevor's take here? Say what? These Canadian forest fires that have clouded yeah i knew about the yeah i know i know about i've heard about those apparently about 10 different fires all start at the same time and they're hundreds of miles apart Ooh, eerie what do you think happened i think 
at some point, a coincidence that like 10 different people flicked out their cigarettes at the same time. Was one of them you? <laughs> Have you been in Canada recently? No, I haven't been to Canada since uh, 93. I've never been to Canada. Would like to go. Seem like nice people. So, <laughs> <laughs> Love Justin Bieber. Uh, no. <laughs> he was a nice guy. 17 uh, separate strikes of lightning all at the same time. That's my answer. Uh, by the way, I just I, I wanted to look this up because it was driving me nuts. The, the, the George Mason guy I was thinking of. Okay. He was 34 when they played that game. He so was he, born in 1971, and that game was in uh, that game was in 2000, 2001. So I know he's 30. I'm sorry, 30. So that's got to be. He was 30 years old. Yeah, he averaged 18 points a game. His name is George Evans, for the record, and he shares a record with Dave Robinson as being the only two players in CAA history to uh, be a three-time Player of the Year. Hmm. What do you mean three-time Player of the Year? He was three-time Player of the Year in the conference. I think there've been a few of those since then. Oh, that's what Wikipedia says, though. Well, we all know he's one of only four players in NCAA history to record 200 steals, assists, and block shots, along with Shane Battier, Lionel Simmons, and Danny Manning. There you go. <laughs> Texas Iron Will is a great dog sledding movie. If dog sledding is a sport, Iron Will is a great. Iron movie. Will, I don't remember. Uh, I I, do, I watched it as a kid. It was a I'm a big fan. I don't, but I don't think it was an Olympic movie. Yeah, I don't think the dog sledding is an Olympic sport, right? I I don't know, but I I don't think it was an Iditarod movie either. I think it was just like. Dog sledding. I think it was just kind of a general thing. I mean, the two two of the three movies we've, we've been brought up as, as as talk about are both winter sports as well. Yeah. I mean, we, how many summer sports movies are there really? We ended a Dan and Dave movie. Remember that Nike campaign? Yeah. Didn't either of them even make the Olympics? No, one of them didn't. The other one did. And they, but I don't think he meddled. He got he got hurt, didn't he? I think. Maybe I just remember. I, it's one of my like. Most vivid childhood sports memories because they, I mean, Nike hyped this thing forever. Ooh. Dan versus Dave. Dan versus. Oh, were, I remember. Oh, yeah. The it was all over the place. Yeah. Of all time and all this stuff, whatever they were, they were competing in. And I remember finding out we were traveling to like Florida for vacation. We stopped in Alabama or something, did the thing where we spent the night at the hotel instead of making the whole trip in one night. And we went in, we turned the TV on, and the story was that one of them didn't even qualify for the Olympics. And as a kid, I'm like, well, TV doesn't just lie to me like that. These are the two best athletes in the world. How can one of them not even qualify for the Olympics? This is outrageous. Something clearly happened. And they tried to, like, they, I remember they tried to keep the marketing campaign going. Like, yeah. They yeah. were like, since I'll be taking a little bit of time off, I'm going to help Dan. Like, you know, I was like, it's over, guys. This, we're never going to hear from this guy again. We never heard from either of them again, right? And that was pretty much it. Yeah. By the way, this, this according to the reputable site of katiekirk.com. Oh, okay. yeah, I don't know why it's just the first link that came up. The twelve best amazing sports movies about the Olympics. Okay. Uh, I don't think this is in any particular order, but here they are: Miracle, we've mentioned; Chariots of Fire, we've talked about. I don't know where this one lands as an Olympic movie, but it's definitely maybe going to give Cool Runnings a run for my money. The Cutting Edge. Mary loves that. I love. I, I guilty pleasure. Take away my man cart, all you want. I don't, I don't tell him about DB Sweeney because he's also in the uh, he's in Eight Men Out, which I love. He's in um, the the what's the Western movie you told me to watch? Um, Lonesome, Lonesome, Lonesome Dove. Dove. He's Lonesome Dove. He's the one that's in love with the hooker, and and ends up getting up with her. Uh, I, I love Cutting Edge. I Tanya, which is that really an Olympic movie? Yeah, I think they call. I, I say they qualify. Okay, it's a good movie though. It is a good movie. Uh, I've never seen this one, Blades of Glory. It's, it was not one I was just not going to bother watching. Yeah, it, was, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, Munich, which 
Never I've never it. actually seen either. Uh, Foxcatcher, which was okay. I don't even know what that is. It's about Steve Carroll, the wrestler, the wrestling coach who was um, uh, the DuPont. He did the like. I remember. I'm familiar with the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool Runnings Race in 2016. Apparently, it's about Jesse that. Owens. Uh, apparently, wasn't very good. About it. it's not that old. And I haven't heard it. Uh, a movie. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this one. Bag Milkahala bag. Um, we'll just move on. Nailed it. <laughs> the weight of gold, uh, and without limits. I don't know any. Of I those don't. The last two, I'm not familiar with either. I ta- I guess again, but even in, if we accept Itania and Cutting Edge, we're getting we're only sticking with Olympic sports in the wintertime. A lot of Winter Olympics. Where is the summer Olympic love for sports movies? It's kind of like how you know baseball is, according to a lot of people, like the third, like in terms of popularity, the third sport. In the of the three major Americans, but it produces the best movies. Oh, it's got. I mean, it's, the Winter Olympics yeah. is not nearly as popular as the Summer Olympics. No, not but close. Apparently, it produces the best stories. I mean, the closest one we got on here, I guess, is the one about. I mean, the race with Jesse Owens. That's not. That's not. You know, a summer sport. But what would be a, what would be a good summer sport? I mean, basketball. Can you make a dream team movie? But it, Watch them blow out people exactly, left and right. Like, it's, not, it's not like a feel good story. <laughs> it's not a feel good movie. Maybe about the 72 Olympics, and we'll do it in, like, a Tarantino universe way where we actually get the win, and Wikipedia lets me back on. I feel like the, the <laughs> movie, the, the, the sport that's the most conducive to a this type of movie is probably women's gymnastics because it generates so much attention and people fall in love with the team every year. But it's also such a gross sport that, like, I feel like peeling back any sort of layer – It'd be hard to do like a feel-good, lighthearted movie about women's gymnastics and not at least acknowledge that this sport needs to be seriously looked at because there are tons of issues with it. I mean, the only three movies I could see, I could see one on Mary Lou Retton, maybe. Uh, one on the girl who got who'd hurt her ankle and got carried off. Case Shrug. Okay, yeah. the '92 would be a, that, that'd be an obvious. And one. I guess this maybe the most recent with where Biles kind of where Biles quit because of the the she had the gimme uh, the the. Twirls or whatever. Well, you could do Nadia Comaneci. The Remember first, her. Like, she's the first gymnast to get a perfect 10. Oh, was she? Okay. Look at you with your gymnast knowledge. You could do something about that. I think she was in the 70s. I thought just dropping Mary Lee Redden. Mary Lee Redden got a 10. I guess she was second then. Because didn't she get a perfect score at one time? Or she All just... I know is Nadia Comaneci in, I think, 76 was the first gymnast to Mary Lee, she just might have been famous. Just maybe it wasn't. Well, not yeah. Comaneci, I think, is Romanian. She was not American. Oh, okay. But she was, like, you could, so I guess maybe the... Not as good of a movie because she's not American, but um, at least for here. But that would be, I think, women's gymnastics is the the sport over there that's the most. Although I mean, you say that, but bobsledding, you wouldn't think could produce a great movie. You just it's, it's yeah, all but who would have thought you'd also have four Jamaicans? Exactly, it's all it's all about the story. <laughs> Which I wonder if I, I've never looked into like maybe I just don't want to like how realistic that movie is to the real story. Like, it's probably so far off. It's, it, it's definitely... I like, probably don't want to even touch it. The general it. story is the same thing, though. They have, like, a disastrous start. They do have, like, a good second run, like, get themselves in contention to make the cut or whatever. I think... And then of, they did have a, a crash. Yeah, I think the crash scene in that movie is actual footage of them, it is. Yeah, them doing it. I've watched it on YouTube before. Back yeah. in the day, when I, we'd get really drunk. and be like, let's watch the... Uh, um, I've pulled it up before. Like, it, it, the crash is. I mean, it's yeah, it's it does happen. I mean, but I mean, it's, I want to like is they didn't John... pick up the sled and carry it across the finish. Or oh, oh, the John Candy character, like you know, was he walking around wearing a Rastafarian hat? I mean, yeah, they didn't have <laughs> the rest of the teams didn't start slow clapping as they walked it down the. Great job, America! <laughs> did, did, did they really just find a push cart guy to actually be on the team? Or because I feel like they probably were four like actual like real athletes and not like 
one athlete, one bald dude just wanting to get out, and, and one push well, card. No, they were all sprinters. Remember? Yeah. Well, no, no, not technically. Dougie Doug wasn't a sprinter. He's the only one though. But he's the he's the push card guy. Yeah. The other three are all in the race at the beginning. They're all. Yeah, sprinters. but the, the little ones just doing like the rich kid just killing time supposedly. Well, but he was a sprinter. He caused the. <laughs> he fell. He's he a trip. The yeah, yeah, because they they were the three fastest, and he was the one who caused them all to not qualify. <laughs> A text not even for our show has derailed our show. That's, <laughs> that's how it works. Text says, negative, why, God, why? Oh, negative is good? Of course. How stupid of me. <laughs> I think a lot of shows, like, The Office has done that, too, when Kevin got his skin cancer results, and Michael's like, we're going to beat this. We're gonna, and he's like, no, negative is, negative is good. <laughs> Positive, yes. <laughs> Let's go to break. Before we do, though, reminding you about our friends over at AirServe of Louisville. It's getting hot out there, although it's a little bit died down a little bit thanks to the rain no, yesterday, no. but it, it will be hot again. It's going to be a long summer. If you have air conditioning problems at any point this summer, call our guys over at AirServe of Louisville at 502-785-8600. They have technicians available all hours, all days. Someone will be able to come over to your home, fix your, your problem, get that air back up and running, make sure your home is cool, make sure you can sleep safely through the night. You can also visit them online at AirServe.com slash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville, or again, call them directly at 502 502- 785-8600. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Last segment of the show on the way next. Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on My sophomore year of college in our apartment had a very serious girlfriend. It was one of those where, like, he just stopped. He, he abandoned the boys when he had, like, his first serious girlfriend. Who doesn't, though? And would bit. just hang out with the girl all the time. And she would always come into his room in our apartment. And we would go leave for the night, lock our door, and my roommate would play Blast Endless Love on repeat from his <laughs> iTunes. And it made him so mad. What, Friends Endless, endless friends Love in the Dark? Endless Love in the Dark. <laughs> Another big football recruiting weekend is ahead for Jeff Brom and company. Uh, it has been confirmed today. Remember we mentioned this, I think, two weeks ago. JoJo Stone, who's one of the top-rated wide receivers in the 2024 class, uh, was spotted on Instagram with a like what appeared to be a Louisville chain that he was rocking and, and posing and nice. for pictures wearing. He's going to be in town this weekend. He, uh, one of the top uh, 20 receivers in the entire class, one of the top 200 overall players in the entire class, committed to LSU for the time being, but in town this weekend, taking an official visit to UofL, uh, a number of other of the top-rated players in the class of 2024 are going to be in town. Second straight weekend where we've got a big, big-time group of visitors for Jeff Brom and company getting it done. I mean, remember how earlier I was like, does it make me a bad fan that I'm not very confident with the basketball team's going after the head? The complete opposite when you talk about football recruiting now. It deserved at this I point. I have all confidence that, like, and not to like put pressure on on Jeff that he needs any more. He can handle it. Like I see this, and I'm like, we got him. We also we're going to host James Madison the second, who's a four star wide receiver. The president. He's been here. He's been here twice. 
So be a second visit. He's uh, he's also he's got a top five list right now that includes us, Florida State, Michigan, Missouri, and Oregon. Sucks for them. He's the number two eighty seven overall prospect in the twenty twenty four class according to twenty four seven Sports. Uh, Xavier Porter from Tampa Catholic High School, defensive lineman, 6'2", 265, holds about 30 scholarship offers. He's another big-time player in this class. He's rated as the number 60 defensive lineman in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. Uh, He'll be in town this weekend. Louisville seems to be in a solid position with him. Uh, Ransom McDermott, one of the eight commits for the 2024 class, he's taking a visit this weekend. He'll be back in town. That's good to have. Trent Carter's going to be in town. Uh, another big-time weekend for Louisville football as they host some visitors. And Jeff Brown, We're working fools. 86 days? Yeah, I think 85 is today. Is it 85? I believe today's 85 days to kick off. Uh, let me see. We're one of the two. I hope you're right because it's closer. 85, you're right? 85. That's beautiful. It does. It I just can't. I mean, I, I, feel like I'm this, I, I feel like I'm in middle school and counting down like the last days of school to summer. Like that's how excited I am for football season right now. That's how it's gonna be. I mean, imagine when we get to like twenty. Ooh, oh. ooh, the goosebumps start flying. It's just gonna be like, come on, come on. And when you get there, I feel like those those are the hardest weeks when you're like, ah. it, it's like the last hour of a eleven hour drive or twelve hour drive. You just you expect it to fly by, and you're like, oh my god, just get us there at this point. We're so close, yet still so far. Like while I am still. Like I hate Ed O'Bannon with every fiber of my being for taking my college football game away from me ten years ago or whatever how long it's been. The fact that it's coming back now next year while Louisville is like all that bad stuff Louisville's behind us like it's the Brahmer coming into the new college football game even better. Like it's the, the stars are aligning for Trevor. That's the way it feels, man. I mean, if I get like a, a hot neighbor with no standards we've been next door, it'd be like <laughs> the perfect world. <laughs> Would that be the next step for you? I mean, I, I super love no standards more than hotness, but yeah. <laughs> Which would you rather have play out? That scenario, like the girl next door moves in, the love of your life, zero standards. She loves overweight guys who smoke too much pot and walk around in their underwear. First of all, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, I do. Thank you. And you guys get married. Would you rather have that happen or Jeff Brom goes to the playoff in year one? Oh, Jeff Brom. <laughs> so, is, that, is that really? Did I have thought about that for a minute? It's like pushing her to the side. I mean, she can wait. I've waited this long for her. She can wait one more year. She has no standards, right? That's true. I mean, I can just tell her to wait. She's going to wait. I'll wait for you. Whatever, sweetie. <laughs> I'm going to Pasadena. I'll wait for you. I know. I know. Like blow her a kiss, like in your Let's Play Football t shirt and sandals. <laughs> Walking off into the distance, she's like, that man's going to break my heart. <laughs> yeah. we got about 10 minutes left here. We want to hear from you on the text line at 414-1450. We didn't talk about the, the NBA final. Do we need to talk about the do NBA finals game? We, we neither mean, of us even watched the game. How can, what do you want to talk about? I did love, so it was The like, closest we had to talk about was the white dude was to get, to get us a TikTok white song. White American. <laughs> so my, my buddy Rodney, he went down there for the game. Uh, he's like sending us all these videos. Like It's like him. He's a very excitable young man. He, he's a <laughs> lot of young, energy. Is he? He's not. He's my age. <laughs> okay. A lot of energy. He's just youthful okay, at heart. Good. So he's like sending us videos of him like walking into the arena, like giggling, like, oh, here we go. Like, oh, let's go heat. And then like we once the game actually starts, we hear nothing until right, it's, yeah. it's just a it's a selfie of him and a sad face. Like 
Like the, just, <laughs> that was it. Wearing his I have a PhD in FUN hat. Now this wasn't his first like game at going to Miami. Oh no, he, when, yeah, he, when he lived down there. He oh, that's right. You say he lived there. Yeah. He, he yeah, up, tickets. I don't think were probably that hard to get at some points. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- this one I think was was pretty. Well, tough. this one, yeah. But I mean, I'm going back to he, back remember, in the day. He was the, fine. What, what they know is the yellow seat era of Miami. Remember that blunder for sure. <laughs> Let's make our seats yellow. Then that way, everybody can see how empty the arena is. It's just a complete error in judgment. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, when Cardinal Stadium had the green, red, whatever seats. It's like <laughs> great for identifying sections, not great for the aesthetics yeah. on TV. Man, we should have thought this one through. <laughs> All right, we got uh, a few minutes left here. We'll take some uh, thoughts from you guys on the Thornton text line. Texture says the Reds TV as announcer is terrible. I hated him the last couple of years. It makes it much easier not to miss being able to watch their game since I'm on YouTube TV now. Sidex rough. He's tough. I mean, I, 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 does Barry Larkin only do the pre and post game or stuff? He does because he was on. I know he's on pregame. I saw. I was watching because I started watching a little bit of the pregame. He does some color for like the the, the radio and some for the TV, but he's kind of like the fill in guy. Like he's like the old George Grant, where he does like every. Okay. I feel like tenth game or so. Is he any good? I mean, I loved Larkin as a player. I, I love Larkin. I loved Larkin as a player as well. That's how I answered that's, that's, that question. You answered the same way I asked it? Okay. <laughs> he's okay. He's he, he's tough. He, he's very Would he, so he'd basic. Be like, he'd be like the baseball version of you for like what Reggie Miller is to me. Yes. Like, I love Reggie so much, I don't even care. I, I don't even mind him as an announcer. I know everybody hates him, but I can't, like, it's like I'm looking at him as like the, you know, like you look at that girl, you know, everyone else sees what's annoying to her, but you don't see it because yeah. you love her so much. Yeah, that's that's how I look at Reggie. Texas homage makes the homage makes the best red shirts. They they make some good ones. I think they made the that wasn't who outside I was on the, the earlier, but yeah, that's cool. They make the I think the Votto still Banks t shirt that I've got. Well, that was on the side I was at, so maybe that they've is. got a couple of good yeah. ones for sure. Texture says I'm just going through the <laughs> the answers to the trivia question. Trevor's mom, Mark Thatcher, that's still my favorite answer. Here we go. Update on the dead body in Arby's. This is the update we've all been. Oh, I don't for. want to hear about. Oh, okay. It was a manager who accidentally got locked in the freezer. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. The family is suck. suing Arby's for $1 million. Can you sue for that? Can you sue Arby's for that? I mean, like, how did he get locked in there? Because, uh, I mean, it's I, a she, first of all. Well, he did, I don't think that it matters not anymore. I know, but it, she was, the, <laughs> remember, it was a female in the dead body. She was the manager of the Arby's. Okay. Um, I mean, either, he, she, either way. Um, like, because I, I mean, how do you get how do you get locked in? I mean, I don't I don't think you worked in meat food industries, right? No. I mean, I've worked in. I never worked in fast. Food I worked place. in fast foods and restaurants. I mean, Ooh, she was found in the fetal a, position a, a with blood button. on her hands from her fruitless attempts to escape after oh, she became trapped. That's that's, that's haunting. How, I mean, and also, how long was she in there? Because wouldn't they have found her the next morning? She wouldn't have died overnight. She, like it's cold. It's like thirty degrees in a freezer or so. But like, you couldn't have freeze overnight from that, could you? Yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I don't think so either. She's there. Her family's suing Arby's for negligence, gross negligence, and wrongful death in a one million dollar lawsuit. They allege that managers at the store were aware that there was a faulty freezer latch since last summer, and they were indif- indifferent in failing to repair the latch for nearly nine months. I mean, there would have to be something wrong with the door because no freezer door. I mean, they ought to, there's there's not a handle inside a freezer door. It's like a little like a button, and you push it. The attorney for her family says, I think once you see the police report, you're going to see how horrific this was and how it was described to me. Her getting caught into this freezer and trying to beat on the door until her hands were bloody. There was blood all over the door, and then she collapsed into a fetal position before freezing face first to the floor. 
I mean, did nobody even come in? And, that's, that's baffles me. I just can't imagine you could freeze to death over just overnight. And she was found by her son, who arrived for his shift at 10 a.m. on the day of the tragedy. So I guess it was overnight. I mean, yeah, it would have to been. They probably closed around 10. So I mean, say she, it, it happens right at close. I mean, that's. But can, can you, you freeze s- in 12 hours? I don't know if you can sue the parent company for something like this. Cle- clearly, there's something should have been done. But I, I mean, I guess if they alerted the parent company, it was on them to which. Also, assuming what they're alleging, is it me or is a million bucks seem kind of low? Yeah, like I, usually I, you I see this. Thought. I was thinking like 30 million or something. I mean, million. Yeah, I mean, you never get what you ask for. You always meet halfway, but. Asking for just an even mill, that seems kind of, I don't know, it just doesn't, doesn't sound right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Texas Let's is, the sun found him on top of that's, that's awful. I mean, that jury's going to, you're winning a set, you're getting a settlement. Arby's is not going to go to court on this. Texas is Perry Ellis still at Kansas. No, but Armando Baycott's still at North Carolina. <laughs> Baycott's giving him a run for his money, right? And he knows it, too. He's playing into it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Texas swag is cool and all, but that as far as that kid's concerned, but he could have held on to it and paid for his... His tuition in a few years. Yeah, he probably could have. I don't, I mean, is this ball really going to be, I mean, you're, you're putting it right up there with more than you get for a lawsuit against Arby's. I mean, it's, that ball really going to be that valuable because it's his first home run? I think so. I mean, people I mean you're, you're ranking it right, right up like McGuire's 62nd and stuff, I feel like. No, I mean, it's not going to be worth like, a, like millions, but I think it'd be worth a few hundred thousand dollars if Ellie becomes the player that it looks like he's going to. Yeah. Texas MLB kills you for authenticating the ball. They force your hand a bit. Well, don't they? They have markers on the balls, don't they? I think so. I don't know. Don't yet. they put like some kind of like hologram or something on? They they've been doing that since the nineties. I don't know how that works. They, they I mean they caught on to that during I think it was during the home run run of ninety eight when they started doing that. Texas says for some reason every time I listen to you all I think about Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> I think that's we've had that. I think that's in the comparison made, been made. I, before. I love that. I, I love picking the brand. Oh, I did. I got a buddy who called me up and he goes, "We do the same thing to each other all the time." He'd be like, "We up to do the same thing I do every day. Try to do. take over the world. Try to take over the world." My dad has like a on his <laughs> home desk at their house. He has like a picking the brain little. Oh, being brain was great. Item. It was great. Begin the brain. Texas. Also, if you still if you're still playing college basketball at 27, is that just the equivalent of you living in your mom's basement at 27? You really probably should get out on your own and grow up, but that free ride and home cooking is pretty good. No, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I'm assuming DeAndre Williams, if he was going to Memphis, is probably going to make more there than he'd be making wherever he'd go to play professionally. Or let's say he makes a little less, but the difference of less is not – I mean, it'd be better living in Memphis and probably, you know, hooking up and and, and knowing, you know, the the, the life you have. It's comfortable. Opposed to living in, like, Serbia. Yeah. Making like an extra ten grand. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate him for trying to play at that point. No, I don't either. I don't think, I don't think that's the same equivalent. No, I think only they, they. No, I don't, I'm not going to go with that one. Texas says, I think multiple Chinese spy balloons napalmed those forests. This is a terrorist <laughs> attack. I actually have seen a like a forest fire. I, once when I was out on the West Coast, I uh, I was driving the expressway and I looked over left and there's just flames coming out from the mountains. Really, it was kind of crazy to see. Yeah. Texture says, did you see on Twitter somebody blow me y'all Rudy argument as to why the Notre Dame AD resigned? I did see somebody said that Notre Dame AD resigned because of the, us talking about how Rudy's dad was a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me. That's you're the one with the bad take. Texture says the broke door had been reported, but nothing had been done. That's, so that's why you're suing the parent company. Well, that, that, that's, uh, yeah, if they know it. But again, a million, you, seriously, that's all you're asking? That's all you feel like your own daughter's worth or son was, I guess... Texas says the guy still living with his mom shrugs it off, saying, "Man, it's not that bad." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Trev. 
funny. It's actually, yeah. They don't authenticate every ball. They do it for special events like Pujols chasing 700. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't do it for that, yeah. Well, the way he hit that ball, it should have a bruise on it, right? My God, yeah. You... <laughs> that's like, like, that's like that's kind of... this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> black eye on the damn thing. Uh, we've got, I think we have, I was about to say, I'm, I should probably make sure. I believe we have NHL Stanley Cup Finals Do game. Oh, can you keep track? Game four? It'd be game three, right? I, th- I thought it was two nothing. The first game was, I know, last Saturday. Yeah. So then this would be game three. Yeah, then game Wednesday, yeah. Uh, it is. It's night, 8 o'clock on TNT, game three, Vegas leading the series 2 nothing. They're in Florida tonight. Sunrise, Florida, of course, not Miami. We all know this. Sunrise. Uh, (laughs) Big difference. The Panthers are a slight favorite. 8 o'clock is the puck drop again on TNT. TK, who do you got here? Do the Golden Knights move one step closer to a sweep, or does uh, Florida try to make this a series? Sunrise sounds like a made-up town, by the way. It's all those towns. It's a six, 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 it's like two blocks from Cougar Town. Something to have to do with taxes. I can't, <laughs> I can't explain it, but I know it has something to do with taxes. I'm sure it does. Um, part of me wants to say Vegas goes three up, but I'm going to say Florida pulls one out and it, it, it gets a win tonight. I've been, I've been big on Vegas in the series. I'm, I'm with you, though. I think Florida wins. I think this is their only win. I, I think, think so, too. I think too, they win yeah. this game. Vegas takes the next two, and they win the series 4-1. Uh, but Panthers, they have their night to celebrate. Brooks Kepka claps without blinking. He's all drugged up and excited about it. Go Florida. Make this thing fun. All right, enjoy the hockey or whatever you're up to on this Thursday evening. We'll see you guys back here for some Friday radio tomorrow yeah. at 3 o'clock. Go Cards.